Hey, Jotorata, the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff here. And you are listening to Counted, how you say, Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. You better tune in or I come after you. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Sealed of Approved, Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and as always, I am joined by my big, grumpy grizzly bear, Mike. <laughs> How the fuck are you, you grouchy bastard? I I wasn't grouchy until you started fucking around with me. Yeah, gotta... yeah. You 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 have just been such a miserable turd lately. <laughs> and 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 listen, listen. I'm going through a whole lot of shit right now, so I get it. We're all going, and I know you're going through some personal shit. So I try my best to be like, oh, yeah, he's going through some shit. But you make me want to fucking slip my own wrist sometimes. <laughs> I got to when, 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 when I'm When I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm really optimistic about this fucking stuff we're doing for the show. And you're like, yeah, but it's going to suck. For, for a little behind the scenes for all of our uh, loyal listeners here, I have done nothing but piss off Mike for about 20 minutes before we hit record on this. Uh, at first, I didn't realize I was doing it, and then I clued in on it, and then I just decided and to just do started it doing more. it on purpose. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole like that. So we got a jam-packed, loaded show today. We are joined. Mike, you tell us who you sat down let, let, with it for an interview. Let's let's throw it right out, man. Um, if you're expecting a list this week, we apologize. You're not getting one. Uh, we got way too much shit going on this week. Um, we weren't even really going to do much of a banter, you and I, but there's so much news in wrestling right now that we have to talk about some stuff. Right, we're going Broadway, and, baby. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then when we're done that, what was supposed to be a 20 or 30 minute little chat between me and Holden Albright turned into an amazing almost hour and a half conversation. Um, and I couldn't stop it. I wasn't going to stop it. When Once this guy gets going, man, anyone who's listened to uh, Brendan Caulfield's uh, uh, podcast, this is Brendan, knows that, that he's really passionate about the stuff he talks about. Um, the coolest part about this interview is like i'll tell you right now i did not talk to holden albert uh, on this interview i talked to brendan caulfield the man behind holden albert the man who created holden albert and i've never uh, i've only met brendan in person once i never had a real sit down conversation with him before but doing it this past week felt like i was chilling out with a friend i've known for 20 years you know, yeah. that that's that's the feel I got from this interview. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. This might be one of my favorite interviews we've done so far, just because of how genuine and, and, and how organic and, and how easy th- this this one was. Yeah, I had a chance to, to listen to it. It is fantastic. You guys really, uh, you know, just it's just like two guys sitting around shooting the shit about the wrestling business. It's really great to hear. Uh, you can also catch him on Reline, Rewind, Relive, Recap with Jonah, him yeah. and Pitbull, Gary Wolf. Uh, and he's all over the place. And uh, let's segue into something there, Mike. Let's segue into somebody else oh. that you're going to be seeing on Relive, Rewind, and Recap. That mm-hmm. is the Hot Stepper, going to be paired up with Fandango. Just announced today, uh, why, why are we talking about the Hot Stepper? Who is the Hot Stepper? Well, head over well, to our 
head over to our Twitter at Countout7, and you can find out a little bit about the hot stepper. But he has been announced in the Countout7.com block for the Barry Wrestling All Ontario Cup here. I have I have the rundown here. Do you want me to run down the matches that we're gonna run it? Run it down, but after you after he runs it down, if you forget about it, you can find the Counted Out Seven block at CountedOut7.com. That's right. Also at Barry Wrestling. Check it out, man. They got some great stuff. Uh, we've been working on a, a nice project with them. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, stay tuned for that one. But real quick here, let's go here. We've got the the Barry Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Mark Wheeler. He's going to be taking on Young Miles. You've got a guy that uh, I just had a sit-down conversation with, Von Vertigo taking on Stratos. Uh, you've got Junior Benito taking on John Greed. And then you've got the man that we just talked about, the hot stepper taking on Jesse V. That is the counted out block for the tournament. Uh, as of recording this, the other blocks have not been released yet. But if you do head to our Twitter, you can hear uh, the hot stepper uh, talking about who he thinks the worst answer in professional <laughs> wrestling is. And it's he's one of my favorite about, things this week. He's man. talking about a guy that I want to segue to right now, and that is Josh Alexander. Mike. Oh, are we starting with this? This yeah, is our big news right off the it. cuff. Holy shit, yeah, man. We'll get to I, 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 I would have been okay to end with this because this, to me, this is the biggest news of the week. Yes, there's been some releases. Yes, there's been uh, like a big release. There's been a lot going on in wrestling, but. Nothing tickled me and nothing made me more happy to know that we are this much closer to Josh Alexander facing Kenny Omega at Bound for Glory. The tease is on. Uh, I'm telling you, out of all the matches that they've been teasing with Kenny Omega, whether it be Hangman, whether it be Andrade, whether it be CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, I think I'm most excited about this match. Yeah. You'll see in the interview with Holden Albright, uh, who is very, very good friends with uh, with, with with Alexander. Um, we talk about uh, we talk about Josh a bit, and before this news, before on screen, Josh made his challenge to Kenny. Um, I I called it right out on our interview. I said he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the one to take that title from Kenny, and uh, and I think Brendan uh, agreed with me. So when only a couple days later, we find out that Josh Alexander is most likely going to be facing Kenny at Bound for Glory, which, let's be honest, man, I'm so glad they're waiting for Bound for Glory. That Bound for Glory is basically impacts WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, it's a great place for it to happen. It's a great place for Josh to get his big win. It's a great place for Kenny to put over the company. Um, I mean, I mean, because that's what this is all about in the end, right? This is Kenny being on top of this company, quote unquote, air air quotes, with the end game, end game of Kenny putting over impact. That that's or or else why are you doing it, right? Uh, I want to ask you a question then. I want to ask yeah. you a question because I know you hate Kenny Omega with all your heart as we talk. <laughs> Can we please stop this joke? So because people are taking you seriously, it's driving me nuts. Uh, okay, let me rephrase this then. Um, I know that you have not been a big fan that Kenny Omega has been the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Again, not true. Uh, okay, well, overall, we're about how many months in to Kenny Omega's reign as Impact Champion? Yes. How do you feel it's been so far? Because I know that you hate him and his title run. I don't think the... I think it started amazingly and then it lost my interest pretty quick. 
Um, that's not Kenny's fault. Uh, and there has, and I can't say that hundred percent because there has been matches. I was interested in his match with, uh, with, with Sammy, you know what I mean? Uh, but there's been nothing since the first couple weeks of this, uh, to want me to watch impact every week. See, and I'm the total opposite. I think that his impact title run has been better than his AEW title run. Because you've been watching impact every week. I don't watch Impact every week, but I follow it. I watch enough clips. I, I've been I've been up to date on their product. I think that the match. I, w- I will agree. I will agree that um, it has been better than his his AEW Championship run. But I also I think you you'll probably agree with me here. I feel like he's playing two separate characters. That's what it feels like to me. He's playing a different champion character on Impact than he is on AEW. I'm okay with that. He oh no, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's what I'm starting to notice. On impact, he plays the fighting heel champion who thinks that nobody can beat him. So I'm I, I might as well defend it because no one's gonna beat me anyways. Like he thinks he's above the company. Exactly, which is a great role to be playing. In AEW, he's more of the chicken shit. Yeah. Um, which which again. Is great. I love a good chicken shit heel. Uh, now it's 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 almost should be flipped because uh, wherever Don Callis is with him, that's where he should be the chicken shit because he's got Don to hide behind, right? Don's but with him everywhere. Don is with him everywhere. You're right. Um, this is the best work Don's done in his career. Let's let, let's put that out there. Yeah, right um, up there as, with his stuff much, with the network and, and ECW. as much as I love listen, listen, I love a lot of the stuff he's done, including um, his stuff as the Jackal. How about his uh, stuff as the tag team with Rick Martel? Fairies, <laughs> a deep cut for us Canadian very, boys. Big deep cut. I actually liked the early oddity stuff that he did. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I not, to not, not so much, not so much too. the truth, not so much the truth commission. But uh, the early oddity stuff, I really dug. Um, and then, of course, his stuff uh, with the network and, and, and Cyrus the virus. And, you know, I, I, really, I really dug that stuff. If you want to hear a great podcast that he did, it's before he got back into the wrestling business. This was a few years ago. And he came on talk as Jericho. And he basically told the whole story about WWF, yeah. like just taking chances. Like it, it's a fantastic listen. He's such a great storyteller. He he also used to do a weekly podcast with Lance Storm. I need and to if, find that. And if you can ever find that, I'll uh, you should do so because it didn't last long. I don't even know if it lasted a full year, but it was really good. It was one of the only podcasts at the time I was listening to weekly um, mm-hmm. because it was a great combination of Lance Storm's really intelligent conversation but then don callis had the personality <laughs> you and, know and don always, it was and don always pops lance too oh yeah it was a, um, it was a great combination i really i really enjoyed that show i want to circle back to kenny's impact title ring though and i mm-hmm. i'm on the opposite fence with you you take a look right from the get-go uh when he first showed up on impact right then he had great matches with uh rich swan big one with moose sammy callahan had a great match with him yeah. And now he's doing the stuff with the Bullet Club, and now he's moving into possibly Josh Alexander. But, but but again, I've, I've already lost. I've already lost interest with the Bullet Club stuff, which sucks because I I popped as soon as Jay White showed up at Slammiversary. I popped. Then they lost me, and What's and again, it? it's been not, great. I'm just 
I'm giving my fucking opinion, Dick. I'm asking. I'm saying I'm asking that I'm, nothing's wrong with it, but they're not. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with it. Whatever. It doesn't matter what's wrong with it. What's right with it? There's not enough right with it for to to hold me in. If there guess, was, if it, if it was, if it was something I wanted to watch, I'd be watching it. You sound like an AEW fanboy now. You switch teams. How does that make sense? It how doesn't. Does that, I just want to, yeah. to piss you off. I don't know. I disagree Listen, with you, man. I'm really enjoying. Uh, yes, uh, and that's fucking fine. Disagree with me. If 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 I thought you actually gave a shit to watch the product, I respect what you're saying. But you don't even watch the fucking product, so I don't. But know I watch what you're all. The, I watch everything on YouTube. I watch all of his segments on YouTube. All the Bullet Club stuff on YouTube, and I, I skim through their product. I don't. I watch their product just as much as I watch any other product right now, yeah. with the exception of AEW because I'm off work Wednesday nights and I, I just happen to be able to watch AEW. It just sits on my background. Well, let, let let's swing around to that so we don't get into a fucking fist fight here. Um, I watched AEW Dynamite for the first time in I don't know how long, oh, and I watched yeah. and, and I watched it from beginning to end. Yeah, your and, man, your boy was on the show. And well, let's not put it all on Nick. Um, the week before, the, when when Nick made his AEW debut, when you texted me going, "Uh, dude, <laughs> like you you'll never believe what happened." You're gonna be um, very happy. That show was a good show. That show, not just the Nick stuff, but like a lot of the stuff on that particular show was really good. So I I tuned into a lot of just like you do. I skimmed that show but i watched a lot of it and a lot of it was really good mm. and, it, and it made me say all right i think i'm gonna have to but i easily could have said oh i'll watch next week's main event but no man i say i gotta watch next week's show and i did and i'm really fucking happy i did um again not quite enough to make me into an AEW fan yet but enough to make me want to watch this coming wednesday Is um it? The, I I noticed a lot of stuff that makes me okay. I I can I can watch this product at least another time. How much of a difference does having them in a full arena really add to that oh. product, though? Eh? I want to discuss this regardless. It's not just them, man. It's everybody uh, except for Impact because their full arena is fifty fucking people. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I just that's the, the AW AW has um, that Rocky Horror Picture vibe to it, though. Everyone's but, singing but even, along. Everybody. Yeah, and, no, it's great and everything, but it's even making a big difference in WWE. Yeah, I caught I caught a little bit of SmackDown, and you know the product's still fucking garbage. But it felt way bigger than it than than, than it has because both fans they can bitch and whine and, and, and complain about the product all they want. They were hot that night. Yeah, they were. The they were. WWE is that they're that just night. booking the same matches every week. They, mm. like, you know, I think this week on Raw they had at least three rematches from last week. I know, I know. And I, the 50-50 I, I, booking, like I, I didn't, I didn't bring it up to bitch about WWE. I brought it yeah, up I'm to not, say that that. that, that uh, I think every wrestling organization that is able to have fans right now is benefiting from it. Uh, just like you said, AEW, does it make a big difference? Of course it does. Um, I can't wait. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of, uh, of the current ROH product. Um, I think, I don't know if they're still in pre-tapes or what, but they don't have fans on their weekly show yet. Um so I don't think they can even come close to 
pretending to compete with anybody until they get until they get a crowd in, in, in those seats. So I want to I want to keep on this topic here, and I want to throw it back to you. I want I want you to talk about your boy Nick Gage. I want you to talk about Domino's Pizza, and then I have a rant I want to go on about AW after. Okay. Um, well, like I said before, the show itself was great. Um, I really I'm not a big fan of multi man matches, five a ten man tags, so be it. But that opener was good. Uh, you and I talked about it a bit. Um, Those entrances I, so I really, really, really popped for the first entrance, um, the Dark Order's cowboy thing. That that cowboy vignette was beautifully done. Yeah, um, that, that's going to be part of my part of it. a little bit. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm telling you right now that I really liked it. I thought it was really, really good. And then their entrance came out, and it was really good. Um, you and I disagree on this. This is this is already known, and I don't care. I wasn't a fan of the fucking Space Jam shit. Yeah, um, I liked it. It gave me those I know you Chicago did. Bull vibes. And, and, and I, I know you did, and, and, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not surprised that you did, and I'm not surprised a lot of people got it. The lingering thought in the back of my mind was definitely, if WWE did this, people would be shitting all over it. Well, um, now I'm going to say the same thing you said to me, though. If you watch the product more, it makes sense that these guys did it like this. I just, I just didn't like the. I get it's a business thing. I get it, but the tie into Space Jam, I, I don't know. I didn't like it. it yeah, well, it was, fuck, they need those sponsorships after. Hey, well, event, so. after after probably <laughs> losing Domino's, you're not wrong. Um, with that said, I take that away. Uh, some of the other gimmicks they did with the basketball theme, I did like. I like that they put the two three on Kenny's back um, no, because he and, truly and listen, he is the Michael I, Jordan I, right now. I'm not here to shit on on this particular thing, uh, but there's a big difference in the way that AEW did a sponsorship tie-in with the movie compared to the WWE recently. We didn't see anyone get eaten by zombies. Uh, I was okay with the zombie lumberjacks. I think that was great. I really liked that when WWE did it, when they were promoting that movie with whatever that movie was with Batista. But then like seeing somebody get eaten by zombies, that was a little silly. You know, but if I get a Space Jam entrance and a throwback to the Chicago Bulls 96, I'm all about it. I like it. Well, then all I'm going to say about that is I don't want any AEW fan who was behind who or or, or supports this space, space Jam shit. I don't want to hear a single complaint about Big Mama for the rest of my life. Anybody who complains about Shelton Benjamin's mama, shut like the Shelton fuck Benjamin's up. Mama. <laughs> um, right, get in, get let, in the game. Let's, get, let's get to that main event. Um, my, 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 I don't have a lot of thoughts because uh, it was good. It, I enjoyed it because I am a Nick Gage fan. I am a fan of that style of wrestling to a degree. Uh, I can't watch it every fucking night. I can't watch it every week, but I can watch it to to a limit. So to have it on, to have the first match on network television, really, um, I thought they did a great job. Um, thumbed up to Jericho for, for putting himself out there. He went a lot harder than I expected him to. Um, nothing blew me away because I've been watching Deathmatch for a long time. You know, there was nothing they, they did there that I didn't see. It was actually pretty tame for, for a Nick Gage match. Uh, but they didn't bury Gage and they didn't bury uh, um, Deathmatch Wrestling. There was no, they, they handled the entire thing properly. Yeah. You know, 
it would have been so easy for JR to just shit all over death matches. He did. Uh, he uh, he uh, was getting commentary. tired of it by the end. Um, but he didn't go too far. You know what I mean? Um, he, and he had Gage, the one line. He had the one line when Gage pulled out the the stack of light tubes, like the ones that were taped together, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, this is fun." <laughs> but Shivani didn't pick yeah, up but, on it. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, this is I, a party. <laughs> Again, that that I mean that that's to be expected from a guy like Jr. And that's fine. And the fact that Gage was playing heel, or at least associated with one of the main heels, yeah. that's okay. I don't think he was out there to bury uh, Gage or GCW or Death Matches. Um, they handled Gage, I think, with a lot of respect. Uh, they came out. They gave him a very PG thirteen version of his entrance which is great. Uh, they could have just not done it at all. But they, they did everything right with him. I was, I was very happy with the, with the show. Good for Jericho for doing uh, the spots he did. Um, it's very unfortunate that he hurt himself on this spot, but I loved that Hermit Corona. Yeah, that's really fast. Like for yeah. me, for me uh, I didn't hate the match. It's not my cup of tea, but I can watch it. I can definitely respect what they do. Uh, it's not like I'm like fuck deathmatch wrestling. It's trash wrestling. Like, listen, you gotta respect these guys for what they do. They put their body on the line. It is it is sickening what they do. They they sacrifice, and I respect that. It's not my cup of tea. I really like it. It felt really weird to me, as not a deathmatch wrestling guy, seeing that on such a big scale. Like I was like. Yeah, and I've seen these matches before, like you said, and I watched the Cardona match last week. So nothing they did, I was like, ooh, this is fucking crazy. But like watching somebody get hit with a live, like with a light tube on TNT on prime yeah. time, I was like, yeah. this is kind of fucked up. Like, I don't know if this fits for me. Like, like for me, the smaller scale, that GCW audience, yeah, it, it fits. It feels like a better fit there than it did for for uh, AEW right. for me. So you just kind of segued into something I wanted to talk about. Can we talk about Bischoff for a minute? Yeah, you weren't happy with Bischoff. He was. Uh, no, wait. I wasn't. From a business under- standpoint, he's not wrong. I couldn't disagree with you more. I couldn't disagree with you more. He comes out saying, "Oh, it, it's bad for business. It's fucking. It, it ruins. It ruins our business. It, it's it, it's horrible. It's detrimental to this business. Fuck you. You know what's detrimental to this business?" people who don't know how to run this business. He wants to talk about how nobody, you know, it's, it's a small, it's a minuscule fan base for this style of wrestling. Guess what else has a minuscule fan base? Anything that you've made after 1998, motherfucker. That man lost credibility 20 fucking years ago. He hasn't done anything other than play a good character on WWE television. Good, worth talking about in 20 fucking years. Fuck him. I'm, I'm, I'm done with people. I, I'm, I'm done pretending like it's okay for people like Bischoff and Russo and, 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 and fucking Cornette and all these guys to come out smashing these styles of wrestling, not just deathmatch, anything that they don't like. I'm the first to say I, I'm the first to say I don't like the Young Bucks style of wrestling, but I'm not going to come out and hear say that they're ruining professional wrestling. Nothing. Let, let's get this out there right now. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing is ruining professional wrestling. It takes a little bit of every little thing because there are fans for everything. 
nothing. I don't like the flippy shit, but guess what? There's a whole lot of fucking people that do. You don't like deathmatch wrestling, but there's a whole lot of people that do. It takes a little bit of everything. There's the comedy wrestling, the serious wrestling, and not everyone's going to like everything, but to take something you don't like and saying it's ruining professional wrestling, Cornette can go, well, I was going to say he can go fuck himself, but no, he can watch someone else fuck his wife and and just go away. I'm just done. I'm done with people. I'm done with people diminishing styles of wrestling. You say you don't want to, you want to say you don't like it, say you don't like it. Don't say it's ruining professional wrestling because the only thing that's ruining professional wrestling is your attitude and how disgustingly viral your attitude can get and turn over the already fucking just mesmerizing, hypnotized internet fans that follow your every fucking word. Okay, I'm done. I, I agree with both of you here, Mike. I agree with both of you. I, I don't agree that, that it's ruining professional wrestling. I think that is very fucking extreme. Um, I don't think that having this match on television, though, was good for AEW's business. Yes, they're going to pop a rating, which is great. They're going to mm-hmm. get it. They, they probably popped a big rating for Nick Gage. And, yeah. and you know, the guy, the guy is a... Very short-term draw right now. Let's, other, let's, other than other than losing Domino's maybe for a, a couple of weeks. You can't just blow that off, though. If they do lose Domino's pizza, that is a big chunk of money. That's a big loss. Uh-huh. That hurts and, their business. And you don't think there's any sponsors standing behind Domino's going, I don't give a fuck, take my Who money. Who knows? I don't know that aspect of it. All I know I, is that Domino's pizza is a worldwide company. Very, you know... Uh, Big time advertising budget. I'm sure that they're paying AEW good well, money. I I, I already bad, lost. That's bad for business. Bullshit. I lost. I lost respect for them because they don't give a fuck. If it was just light tubes, they wouldn't have given a fuck. They give a fuck just because there was a pizza cutter involved and they're a pizza company. Fuck you. I think I'm they so were more, dumb. But they I'm were more so pissed off that they went to the half and half when it could have been whatever spot it was. Their commercial aired during that match. That's why they were mad. Everyone else kind of took the pizza cutter thing and, and made it trend on Twitter because that's fucking hilarious. That's that's really funny. And the timing of that, you couldn't write something mm. like that. I don't think AEW maliciously timed that out. No. You know what I and mean? They, and, but and, Domino's and, okay, is a family. Okay, so let, let, let's flip this around. Let's flip this around. Who's to say this isn't going to make money for Domino's? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't, though. Okay, so how come it's a bad business decision for AEW, but it's not a bad a business? Sponsor. You don't know that. You said as maybe they right will, now, maybe they won't. As of recording this, Domino's recording, is considering 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 pulling, considering pulling so, their sponsorship. So I'm so saying that's, if so that's maybe, maybe, maybe. It's yes. the same thing with Domino's. Domino's, why are they even considering it? They couldn't they couldn't make money off this. Yeah, but they can easily just go the, and both, plug in both, anywhere both else. Both companies, both companies could either either fail or thrive both of them they're in the exact same position oh, so but so here's, so, here's so the, the slam on one here. of the companies i can't believe i'm defending tony gun here to to slam one of the companies for the decision and not the other is ludicrous see i'm not here to slam i'm not slamming them i understand from a business uh-huh. domino's pizza is a family company that they just don't want their name uh-huh. associated with something and, like that. and when did AEW ever say they were a family show well, when did AEW start doing light tubes and, and pizza cutters on TV? Last Listen, Wednesday. Yes, I understand that. But Domino's is not happy about that. And I get yeah. that because they don't want to be associated with that. They'll be associated with professional wrestling. 
Do they don't want to be associated think, with that type of professional wrestling. Do you not think for one second that Tony Khan went into that knowing there was a chance he could lose a sponsor? Of course he did. And that's why I love Tony Thank Khan. You. He didn't give a fuck. But that's I'm not I'm talking saying. about who's caring and who's not caring. I'm just saying that a one-week rating pop isn't worth losing sponsors with. I don't have a problem losing, with Nick Gage being on the TV. Man, I enjoyed watching Sponsors it. are a dime a dozen. Sponsors are a dime man, a dozen. Not you lose one, one, you can't get just one. brush off a big sponsor like Domino's, though. That's a big sponsorship. What are they known for? A fucking sixth-rate pizza. It doesn't matter what they're known for. They're a huge <laughs> brand that's <laughs> giving them a lot of money. A- Holy Domino's shit. Pizza is a huge brand. You can't well, tell me they're not a huge well, brand. They're they're gonna they're gonna jump out Pizza Hut and come in, and then we can have this conversation against them. Which is fine. And if that happens, that happens. That's not what my argument is here. My argument uh, is that they put this product on TV and it upset yeah. their sponsors. That's not a good. So that's the only thing I agree that Bischoff said. That's not a good business decision. All the rest of the stuff I think he's wrong about, and I agree with you. But from a business standpoint, if you're gonna put a match on, or or you're gonna take your company in that direction not that AEW is doing that okay well that's here's bad the other, business okay here's the other thing that you want to talk about bad business they had a week a week domino's pizza had a full fucking week to research who nick gage was to who, research for the no then who's that's the ridiculous. bad business then who's that's the ridiculous. bad business who's the bad business person here why would they if you're not if you're not, not going to the company you're not going to re, but he was on the company as far as Domino's. The, if I was the head of Domino's, Domino's you know? marketing, I wouldn't even think twice about doing that. Okay, well, good thing you're not in charge of marketing. And I thought you went to marketing school. Shouldn't I you be re- sir, shouldn't you be point. researching the company? Oh, I have to research. You're doing business. I have Damn to research right. every single wrestler that's signed is by it, this company. Is it your money? I would sit there and I would say. If it is big news, if there it's if it has been massive news in the in the media world, Nick Gage isn't big news. He's great. You're telling me, you're telling me that in the wrestling world it wasn't huge news when they fucking announced that match. I'm not telling you it was a big story, but Nick Gage isn't big news. No major company, no mainstream people know who Nick Gage is except for us. We're wrestling fans. Okay, Nobody knows so who he is. Okay, so, so Dom- if I'm so, Domino's so, pizza, so, so, why so, am I even? This guy's not even on my radar. Good. So why do they care? Why are they going to pull the product if nobody because cares? They saw because they saw a no, fucking massacre on TV. Because obviously nobody watched it because nobody cares about Nick Gage. So nobody watched the show. It's okay. It's fine. No, AEW draws. No, you're a telling me two different fucking stories here. AEW draws a million thank people you. a week. Thank you, fucking AEW, thank you, thank though. Oh my Nick god, Gage you just proved draw. my point. Thank you for Nick proving Gage my point. Nick Gage doesn't draw a million people a week. AEW does, and they gave him a platform, and I respect that. Domino's I'm, I'm not telling you that Nick Gage shouldn't be on TV. I'm telling you from a business standpoint that Domino's Pizza saw used to fire their marketing fun. manager. Well, whatever. That's up to them. But Domino's yeah. Pizza's pissed. There's no way that they're going to know who fucking Nick Gage is, man. Well, I'm a big-time wrestling fan. I just learned who Nick Gage was a year and a half ago. Because that's just not something that I watch. Deathmatch you, wrestling is... is you a are very... so missing my fucking point. I get your if point. You're, if you're giving something... If you're giving a company millions of dollars to advertise your company... And you're not looking into what they're doing with your money, then you are at fucking fault. No, Mike. They have put yes. on that television show for almost two years now. If they did and not never sign had a contract like that on their television show, that's what they've that's done what it on pay per view. That's a contract. They've done it on pay per view. That's a contract for man. No, well, that's why they're eight, pissed, eight, and they might pull eight, their contract. Good. Then Tony Khan should have. It's up to Tony Khan. 
to warn them. He warned TNT, hey, listen, we're going to do this. Maybe he should have reached out to all of his sponsors and said the same thing. Who says he That's didn't? up to Tony Khan. Who says and he And maybe didn't? he did. We don't know that. But all I know is the end result of this one match is they might lose a sponsorship. And you're Good. right. Is I, don't don't want him. I don't want no, I don't, him. I don't need Dominus on his fuck him. Good. I hope, I hope they leave. Well, as a proud I, sponsor of Barry Wrestling, we love Domino's Pizza. Oh, hey. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that right. sucks so much. All right. I have a quick rant I want to go on here. Yeah, okay. because go for it. A lot more time than I thought it was going to. So I'll, I'll try to shorten my rant a little bit. Uh, maybe right. I won't, though, because I'm pretty pissed off about something that AEW is doing. Um, Mike, you touched on something at the beginning of AEW, that fantastic cowboy thing that they did with uh, yeah, I. Cage. I'm curious to see what your problem with this is. My problem is, is that uh, the rumors going around right now is that Adam Page is possibly not going to be getting the title shot at All Out. Well, they made it, uh, JR made it very clear at the end of the show, uh, end of the the opening match, that losing that multi-man match put him down to number three in the rankings. Yes, and that was the stipulation. His team had to win to get the title shot. Yes. Now, normally you would think, that you know you can still lose and overcome uh and find an angle to get back into that main event but yeah. uh now from what yeah i'm just going by what i'm reading online so again i'm taking it with a grain of salt but there are a lot of rumors that page is not the guy that's going to get the title shot and he might not even be booked on the card in general that's okay. what i've been reading i just yeah. think that this is such a big mistake because if you watch that entrance and you watch adam page He's he over. is he is ready this is his time now this is the time where you need to pull the trigger. How many times have we sat here uh, as wrestling fans and bitched and complained that uh, whatever company it is, and I'll just use WWE because they have the bigger stars that, that, that could have been pushed higher. Everyone complained about Rusev. Everyone complained about Strowman. Everyone complained about Samoa Joe. Uh, CM Punk for a while. Daniel Bryan. There were these moments where they could have get sent to the next level. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, and a wins and losses actually will hurt these people. If Adam K- Page, this is his time. The people are behind him. It's been such a great slow build for the last almost three years now to this all-out pay-per-view. I just think they're missing a huge opportunity by not crowning him the champion at this pay-per-view because the people are ready for it. I think I, that I, this. I think this is the time that he should be taken to the next level. And this would set him up to be a main eventer for probably the next 10 years in AEW. I'm leaning, I don't get me wrong, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you 100%. I just have a couple of questions. Is All Out there WrestleMania? Yes, it is. Okay, all right. So in that case, I was, I was gonna say, maybe if they're, if they're gonna try to hold off for the bigger pay-per-view, but if there is no bigger pay-per-view. This is the big one, in Chicago, the, sold out. Yeah, then I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I have been singing the tune of Adam Adam Page, well, yep. obviously, like, since his New Japan days, but even in the early days of this podcast, when he didn't win the championship over Jericho, I was upset. Yeah, and I was uh, not, and now and I'm I, upset. And I, and I get that, that's fine. But now, if they, if they weren't going to do it then, then you use the two years to get him over as have. that, as oh that underdog. God. And He's then, so over. And, but but I have been upset with them so much because he loses to Jericho. Then, okay, he's with the elite. He's doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, he's not with the elite. And who knows what they're doing with them. And all of a sudden, they're doing nothing with him. And then he's with the Dark Order, but he's not with the Dark Order. It got yeah, really like, fucking confusing. Yeah, but so like... I, I had actually, no like, idea. 
this is where like I'll jump in and, and I'll do the impact argument again. Like I've actually been following this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's been down like ever since that title loss was basically the start of the decline of Adam Page into being yes. an alcoholic and a loner and this yeah. and that. And now he's been picked up by the Dark Order. Uh, he chose to leave the elite because uh, whatever, like, but the the build in the story has been so good. He doesn't trust people. Now he trusts the Dark Order. The Dark Order are so over as well. They're all clicking. Everything is on fire. The crowd is ready for it. And I really think that either if he does, if he does get the title shot and loses or he doesn't get the title shot at all, this is going to put him back 10 steps. It's really going to hurt him. Yeah. It, it, I, think it, I think it hurts Adam Page. I think it hurts AEW. Um, it's it's one of those things where you have something. You have lightning in a bottle. You don't uh, get moments like it, this. It's organic. It's an why, organic build. Why wouldn't you? There, like, other than, like, if there's something in the back happening, we can probably go back. We, we, we can go back to the, the rumors from a few months ago of the, the elite not getting along. Um, who knows? I wonder, I wonder if maybe they're that. putting those plans on hold so uh, Punk and don't, Brian don't overshadow him. But don't wait too fucking long. I agree. I, and I, I really long. think if they, even if they bring Punk and Danielson in and put him in those title shots right away, I think it's the wrong move. Well, well here, here's what you do. Here's what you do. If you're afraid that Punk and Danielson are going to, to overshadow him, you do everything you had planned, but you still end the show with Paige holding that title belt out. Yep. And if you feel he's overshadowed, then you bring Punk and Danielson out and have them hoist their new champion on their fucking shoulders. You're not you wrong, get, if if they get the rub from two of the most over superstars in the last 20 years, and you put that rub on on Adam Page, he's holding that title up in victory. Fuck man, you don't get more over than that. This All is right. they have they have a gift wrapped package in Adam Page. They just have to open it. Oh boy, shit, man. It's it's his time, and I, I just I think they're making a, a mistake. All right, two more, two more quick things before we head over to, to, to Holden, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's really quickly talk about uh, the, the two big releases this week. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I think he requested, did he request it? Or did, I no. heard that they were thinking about releasing him for a while. So apparently, um, that, that was my thought at first, was because I know he's had a lot of mental health issues. And um, I know he didn't. He has not been coping with the death of his of his friend uh, Brody Lee very well. So it kind of made sense to me, right? And and apparently they they let go of his wife JoJo uh, very quietly about six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so it kind of made sense. Then the news came out that um, they got him due to budget cuts, which makes no goddamn sense to me because he's one of the biggest merch sellers in the fucking company right now. Yep. So that makes, that just blows my mind. If that's true, that makes no sense to me. Um, the only thing that makes sense to me is he needs some fucking personal time and he's going away for a while to, to, to collect him shit. That makes sense to me. And I respect oh. that from, 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 from Bray Wyatt, if that's the case. I would think if, if that's not the case. Why wouldn't they just keep giving him time off? I don't you're asking me to uh, to understand the mind of Vince McMahon. I stopped trying to do that thirty fucking years ago, brother. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand this one, and I I don't understand the WWE right now in general. I, I don't get all these releases. You know, I get it. Like uh, on that, and, and now with this last conference he did, he's just coming off like an idiot. You know, I've gone. Oh, yeah. oh, 
They say, oh, oh yeah, there's a company trying to compete with me. I don't see them as company. Uh, I'll give them more talent. Here you go. And then the very next day, he lets go of fucking Bray Wyatt. The day after that, he lets go of Ric Flair. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, well, Flair I mean, asked for his release. The, the Flair, fine, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Uh, it's not like he was doing much, anyways. Well, Although, wait, <laughs> what, what, what is Flair going to do at this point? He's going to go to AEW and, and hang out with the guys that he apparently fucking hates now. Yeah. Although like, it would be really cool to see uh, to see those four guys on TV holding the four fingers up one more time. True, especially if they could get Barry over there, but. But, uh, yeah, but with all the shit talk he's been doing about, uh, especially Arn, I don't know. Um, then, uh, so, see, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot I can talk about this subject. We don't know enough yet. Um, I'm just going to say, like, I, I, just... I don't even, I, I can't even give my, we usually do our, uh, our, our little theories of where they're going to go and shit. I can't even do that at this point. I can do that. I'll do my Bray Wyatt right now. Put him in. Uh, I got two. Put him in. Uh, obviously, the easy one is the leader of the Dark Order. Makes sense, right? Okay. Or put so, him. Somebody uh, came up with a way better idea. Or put him in Ring of Honor against uh, what's his name, Vincent. I would love that, but that's not going to happen. I, truth, like I would love that, but yeah, they can't. They can't. They 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 can't afford that. Um, I think the easy thing. Is to put him in the dark order. I say fuck that. Yeah. Put him against the dark order. How come? Bigger story, more to do. Don't see it coming. I feel like I think that's a bigger draw. I, I don't think people would like that though because he's got such a tie with Brody and. and oh, I'm like sorry. Are wrestling destroy... fans gonna not like something? Yeah, but I don't. Holy know fuck! Good... Put it on the front page. I don't know if that's a good kind of heat. Like, yeah. I'm not looking for heat. I'm looking for a good story. You put him in. You put like him it. in charge. You put him in charge in Dark Order. We get maybe four months worth of decent stories. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he needs to be with the Dark Order at all in general. But I don't want to see him go against what Brody created and and is treasured and remembered for. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. Sorry, you. But Brody didn't come into Dark Order until like it was fucking. He was still in the he was still in the WWE when they created the Dark Order, so he didn't create. Yeah, shit. but he's a so he, he's remembered. He's associated, associated with, with the Dark Order, and they they honor him all the time still. To yeah, have man. to have his one of his best friends come in and be like, "Fuck you guys, I'm taking you down." I don't know. I don't like it. Depends on what it depends what the story is. Yeah, maybe. it's all know. up. To, it's all about storytelling. Anyways, the last thing we need to talk about because we started it and you didn't finish. Uh, did we want to go through that Barry bracket? We did that already. You went through the whole thing. Whole thing, bro. It's only uh, it's only four matches. Okay, good enough. I thought I thought you. Happyrestling.com. I thought you got off topic. Sponsored by Domino's. Oh fuck! Don't you're gonna get me in trouble. You know that. You're getting yourself in trouble. We love Domino's. Oh, no, I live no, right they, beside one. I eat it all they the get, time. They get me in trouble every every time I fucking eat their pizza and I get the shifts for four you're part of the days. mdk crew buddy it's you you live that <laughs> lifestyle buddy. It's, that's what we do uh, yeah <laughs> all, all right, right man i think we've i think we've um, talked enough you want to yeah we we talked way longer than i expected to which is exactly what i did in this interview um but i i really think you're going to enjoy you, you probably didn't enjoy the last half hour you're going to enjoy the next 90 minutes man um 
Holden Albright, Brendan Caulfield, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's one of my favorite people we had on the show. He's a great guy. Please really enjoy this conversation. And whatever, if you like it, you hated it, you didn't, doesn't matter. Let us know. All right. Please. I, I'm okay with begging us, you. I, I, I am begging you. Be part of us. Be part of this show. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. It's all there. And, and the easiest way to find every fucking link is countedout7.com. I spent so much time making this web page so easy for you guys I to hate browse. Putting you over, and it you're looks gonna. Great. You guys are gonna find it so easy. You can find us on on social media. You can find every show we've ever recorded, including Good Friends, Better Enemies. You 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 can uh, you can read about and help out our very good friend Lufesto with her current issues. Uh, you know, there's so much and, and so much more to come. There's, there's a lot more going to be on there. But uh, please, Canada7.com, check it out. Uh, Canada7.com is also the name of the bracket in Barry Wrestling, where you can see amazing wrestling coming up this summer, including he's not in our bracket, but he is in the tournament. This man coming up right now, big scary, Holden Albright. All right, here we go. I've been telling you guys about this, well, I guess for weeks, but really for months and years, because I have been talking about getting this guy on my show since my last show. So finally, it, it, it's happened, and it's always been my fault. It's always something coming uh, coming into my way, but it's finally happening. If you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard him on This Is Brendan, but if you're a huge wrestling fan, especially here in Ontario, you have you have seen this guy. He is Holden Albright. Brendan, how's it going, man? Dude, it's going great. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> well, that is the very first thing on my list I wanted to talk about. I have I have a funny little anecdote. I have to I have Ooh, to get out of the way before please. this happens. Uh, so when I I discovered you as a wrestler about two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and and right away I'm like I need to know more about this dude. Uh-huh. Like you intrigued me right away. Oh no! <laughs> so, so I go, I do my Google shit, I find you on fi- Facebook, and I see your real name, and right away I'm thinking, no fucking name, way, way is his name Brendo. Like, like, oh, like no. that's like no, nobody names their kid Brendo. Yeah, that's a goofy name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm just until somebody corrects me, I'm gonna call him Brendan. I, I bet his parents okay. just. I, his parents just put an e on there. Like, like that's got to be it. I'm just gonna fucking refer to him as Brendan until someone says otherwise. So about a year and a half passes, and then I have Alexia Nicole on this podcast, and then she calls you Brendone in, in yeah. conversation. And I'm like, fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> so from that point on, I start calling you Brendone. <laughs> and whenever I'm talking about indie wrestling on this podcast, your name comes up a lot, man. And and, and no one's ever corrected me. And then a few weeks ago, we're talking to Kobe, because Kobe Durcier on the show. And I said something about you and I call you Brendone. And he starts fucking laughing. And he says, you know, his name's not Brendone, right? <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, but but no, I'm I'm like, I, I had Alexia Nicole was on this show. I know they're friends. And he and, and she called him Brendone. He's laughing even harder. <laughs> 
And he's like, yeah, of course she did. He's like, I'm pretty sure that's a fucking gag that Gabriel Fuerza made up and it fucking stuck. <laughs> so I had to ask you about the man. You must get that all the time. But, but is, this, is this a rib like within your friends or what? So growing up, my nonna would call me Brendone because she's Italian and uh, like not English, her first language. And then people would call me like Brandon because that is the typical name that you would normally see. Brendan, especially B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E is, I think my parents did like someone fucked up somewhere and they didn't want to admit to it. So it just led to this 28 years long headache for myself. And it wasn't until I got in wrestling that because if I got an autograph from like British Bulldog or Edge, they would spell it out and they go, oh, what have you done? And I'm like, oh, haha, I just really like you as a wrestler. And this is a not funny joke, but I still respect you. And what happens, though, is in wrestling, I start adding people when I'm training at Squared Circle. And Shane Saber is the first one because they all had that conversation. Of, oh, this kid added me on Facebook. Wait, his name is spelt that way. Okay. And unlike you, who who sounded it correctly when you saw it spelt out. Shane Saber led to everyone else calling me Brendone. And that was just the thing of like, it's it's that nuisance of at least you're calling me by that name of like, when I started wrestling as Holden Albright, that first six months a year, it was, hey, Holden. Yeah. Yo, Albright, Holden, Albright. Oh, Brendan. I'm like, what? Well, actually, they'd be Brendone. I'm like, oh, like, I, I didn't know what my name was because I spent 24 years, 23 years with the first one yeah. that it was just this confusion. And that's the thing of it. it I don't mind Brendone. I don't even mind Brandon unless I hate you. That's the one time. Like, if a supervisor is giving me, like, a headache at work and they're like, Brandon, I'll just look at them and go, I would ignore them first off to piss them off. And they're like, Brandon, Brandon. I'm like, that's not my name. And they're like, what do you mean that's not your name? I'm like, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E. -E. There's not a single A in there, unlike you, you asshole. And they're just like, oh, what? what? Like, I had workplace vacation pay issues for the past week. The amount of supervisors I called shitheads and to get their fucking shit together of just, I I have the benefit, 5'11", 270 to 80 pounds, depending on the week, and I am now using that to, I'm going to intimidate people that are acting like pieces of shit. I'm not going to fight you, because I could never get into fights, because even if I was a victim, if I was bullied, I was the bigger kid, so yeah. it was my fault. But now, oh, like literally, the most identifiable tattoo on me is a knife. Like, it's not not intimidating. And then, like, I got a three-eyed wolf. Like, I realize I accidentally look way more intimidating than I am. But I smile a lot. So put that mask on. Who? Nobody knows how happy I am most of the time. All right. Let's go right there. Because that that's what started it off for me, man. I I got into your career a little late. I didn't I didn't discover you until 2019. 2019 uh, was a great year. I I popped into uh, I went to see the never the never say never show that Anthony James put on, mm -hmm. and uh, first of all, great show. Uh, it was one of my favorite indie shows of that year. Uh, but you, not only that, I saw a lot of wrestling that weekend. We went that was SummerSlam weekend. We yep. we took in a lot of shows that weekend. Same. I'm not sucking your dick here, man. You had one of the my favorite matches of that weekend. You and Josh Alexander beat the fuck out of each other that we, that night. Um, I was already excited because I'm a I'm a big fan of Josh. So to see him to see him live in that environment, I've seen him at Impact Show, like yeah. That. But to see him in that environment, in that tiny little club, was so cool. And his merch table was attached to mine. 
uh, I had a merch table for, for, for my old podcast. So we were sitting there connected and I got to talk to him. It was just such a cool night. Josh then, is the best. And then this motherfucker comes out in this wolf mask. <laughs> and I look at my, my, my partner at the time. And I said, Holy shit, this guy's got a look. And then you went and you did that, that fucking match that blew me away. And my first, what I first took away from that, and I, I, I mentioned it to my partner that night was, I really want this guy to be to my kids what Papa Shango was to me. Ooh. Papa Shango scared the fuck out of me mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I looked at you and I said, that, that's, that's that guy. He's going to be the guy scaring the fuck out of the eight-year-olds. And it sucked because that night we were in a bar, so there was yeah. no eight-year-olds to be seen. But if there was, they'd be crying, and you should be happy about that. <laughs> I uh, In my theme song, there's a scream in there because – I, I use basically the same music, but then there was just like very much like Seth Rollins has that burn it down because Vince McMahon said, what's with the silence? We need to put something here. Yeah. And with my music, there was a brief silence and like it was OK because then the beat drops. And literally, I came out on that queue at one point for a very small show uh, called SKM. And what happened was a little girl literally screamed, just shrieked because like I'm. 280 pounds five foot 11 with a giant wolf head so i look like i'm six foot five and she just screams and i tried to edit in her screaming into the music and it didn't work so i found other music but like it's literally inspired by screaming and the best part about like brendan caulfield holding albright i can be a scary motherfucker one day and the nicest baby face the next day there's one weekend in barry it may have been 2019 i think it was 2018 though and on the first day, I just walked up behind this like little kid that was standing on a uh, on a pole, like a light post, and literally you see them not know I'm behind them, and then realize I'm behind them. And it's three photos. They don't notice me. They notice me, and then they run away from me. And then the very next day, there's a little eight year old. I just like look over at him, give him a little fist bump, like a little Sid Vicious fist bump, <laughs> and he just gives that fist bump back. Where I'm just like. Holden Albright's for the people, but also, like, I, I'm kind of worried about these kids that weren't scared of this, and it's normal. So, parents, watch out. Right. You you talk about 2019 being a really cool year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that was also the year you got involved with Impact a little bit, right? Uh, yes, I do believe, uh, because I don't think the Destiny show I did that weekend was, like, a full Impact one-night-only show, but it had a lot of Impact talent. Uh, it's hard to keep track. That that one-night-only, for something called one-night-only, they sure had a lot, of, a lot of goddamn shows. Yes. So uh, it's hard to keep track of all those shows. So I think my one-night-only that was actually promoted was it was either early 2019 or late 2018 because is that the it, one against stone rockwell that's the one i know okay yes and uh, a little backstory behind that match was stone rockwell is a very professional wrestler like his stuff won't hurt you it's for show it's let's provide a show but i know asylum who plays that character is a good fucking wrestler <laughs> and the way i wrestle it's so when you saw me wrestle Josh, that may have been like the sixth time we've wrestled each other. And literally Sarnia, Timmins, Kitchener, I think, yeah, because we had the Iron Man match in February that year. Like, jo- my style is similar to Josh because Josh beat the shit out of me that I was just like, I've absorbed that style like Kirby or something where I'm like, this is how I wrestle because it gets a reaction. And the little like tidbit when I wrestled Stone Rockwell was I was in Ottawa the day before 
And a bunch of people were telling me, it's like, oh, yeah, Asylum might phone it in. Asylum might do this. So I let him know that, like, people were saying that. And it motivated him to wrestle really fucking hard. And we had a great banger of a match. And then afterwards, he's like, yeah, go tell those uh, those fucking shitty wrestlers in Ottawa that I, that I still know how to work. And I was like, hey, whatever. And Don Callis, like, was like, dude, you're so big. Your thigh. And <laughs> Don Callis thought I was too stiff. He's like, hey, man, like, you're pretty good, but, like, those strikes, I was like, what about them? He's like, you're a little stiff. I was like, well, did you ask Asylum? He's like, well, Asylum, what? No, the kid's good. And I'm just like, where's my contract, bro? <laughs> Hilarious part about that. He's telling you you're too stiff. It sounds like you learned it all from their current X Division champion. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Just saying, let's let's get that match up in Nashville now. I'll job out to him in two minutes on Explosion, no problem. He'll cut my chest open with his chops. Exactly. I, I That that made me excited because uh, by the time I got into your career, it was a buddy of mine whispered in my ear, you know he's done Impact, right? And this is during a time I was just getting back into Impact mm. uh, after the uh, after the, whole, the Hogan years. Yeah. I, I was slowly starting to get in be- because of the Canadian influence, really. You know, mm. Crazy Steve was going over there, and then Josh and, and Ethan were going over there. Diener has reinvented and, himself. And, and then Diener, 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 we had Diener on the show when, when uh, the day after that heel turn. And, and man, I, I can't wait to have him back on just because of what he's done just since then. I got to praise Diener for a minute here for the fact of yeah. he has a very, I would call it a fair show style where like gets the fans involved. It's great. Me and him at Crossbody had a match December 2019. And the funny thing is my style, Diener style, very different. But we both had a show earlier that day. I had Barry. He had, I believe, Crossfire in St. Catharines. And we were both late to the show. We're main eventing. And that's one of my most favorite matches for the fact that, especially like inside baseball, my style is very snug. Uh, I didn't want to hurt Diener. So my style looked the same, but it was way more 1994 Superstars-esque on the delivery of some of the stuff. And I'm super happy with that match. But then also not just as a well as a wrestler but as a person he would do like monthly charity donations like a special eight by ten which like that inspired me to do all like the charitable stuff i've done of just like watching him do that of he is definitely oops sorry uh he is uh camera just went off for a second uh he's definitely someone that i look up to and i will sing the praises of every chance i get because he's someone that he won't put himself over. He'll let his work speak for himself. And a year before I was wrestling on full shows, I saw him wrestle three matches in two or three days. And it was like opening match and then main event, baby face, main event, heel. And I was like, holy shit, Cody Diener is so versatile as a wrestler. Yeah, and, and you you hit on his charitable work and stuff like that. I've only been uh, fortunate enough to meet the guy a couple of times at some of these shows way back in the day. But like before he was even in, we talking about Cody Steele, Cody uh, Steele days. No, no, he was Diener when I knew okay. him. Okay, yeah, but but uh, but as far as I knew, he was just he was only famous in Ontario at the yeah. time. You know? But as far as famous in Ontario, he was fucking famous in Ontario. Yep. And as soon as you know intermission hit or something like that, you wouldn't even know he was one of the workers. You you you'd think he was one of the fans because he's he didn't go straight to the back. He's walking around. He, he's more with the fans than he is with the boys. And then, uh, but then you go talk to the boys and he's the most liked guy in the locker room. You know, uh, I've, 
been fortunate enough to meet a lot of really cool guys, but I've, I've never seen somebody so really beloved in the locker room like Dean. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's just such a such a, a just just a plain old nice guy. Yeah. And then you see him on TV now, and you're like, oh fuck, that's gone. He's a sociopath. <laughs> um, you you remind me of something. Talk about charitable work. I am going to uh, take the uh, the the selfish route here and take two seconds to plug something reminding every one of our listeners to go to www.countingout7.com speaking about charity we do have links to our lufisto charity up and running right now if you guys want to send money uh, over to that it's going to help her out and uh, uh with with her uh, cat's funeral costs and get her back into the ring uh we're trying to uh, uh get lufisto money to get her visa back we need lufisto back in a wrestling ring so help out with that CountedOut7.com. Badass, uh, badass woman there. She did a lot for Ontario independent wrestling that not enough people know about. You you couldn't be more right. Uh, Kobe and I had a big talk about her influence on intergender wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, which I want to talk to you because you're no slouch to intergender wrestling yourself. Um, being a, a dude of your size, do you find it like like do 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 women kind of? Oh shit! I'm wrestling him tonight. Like, is that kind of thing, or 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 they know you're going to take care of them? Like, how does that usually go in the locker room before you get in the ring with with someone like Alexia Nicole, who's the size of your fucking leg? Literally, uh, <laughs> like what you said about Diener being like a dude that's more with the fans than a boy. Like, I am a you can if you're watching this on video, you can see all the nerd shit behind me. I am a fan first, and from the content I create to the wrestling I do. I will watch back all my wrestling, so I'd rather wrestle a style I'm a fan of because I know I'm going to have to rewatch it to get better, and it's I just have the benefit of I get to create the art that I get to consume. Like, it's a very fun, interesting thing, and what happens, though, is when it comes to intergender wrestling, so my opinion on intergender wrestling is I don't think AEW, WWE, any, like, major company needs to do it. The reason independent companies need to do it, and not just that they do do it, it's the fact of the roster size. Especially in Ontario, there's maybe seven or eight girls around here, and if they're only wrestling each other, they're never going to get better. Even though when they learn how to wrestle, they're wrestling with me, they're wrestling with guys, they're wrestling, they're learning all of this, that unfortunately the rosters are very restricted, that... Are you going to just wrestle the same five people or are you going to wrestle this 150 other people to get better? And then also as a male performer that's in the intergender matches and especially five foot 11, 280 pounds, it's a little difficult to have a competitive match. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Alexa Nicole can lift me on her back for an electric chair. So clearly she's strong. Right. Uh, she's stronger than a lot of wrestlers. She works out. And what's the difference between me wrestling an Alexia Nicole versus someone like there's a younger guy in the area, safety, Travis Moore. He's about 140 pounds of just because you have different genitalia doesn't mean you're any tougher if you've learned how to do this. And then anyone that doesn't want to do it on our level is because they're afraid of the challenge. Like I want to do puzzles more because of like stimulating the brain, especially with the type of wrestling I do. I'm just like, I need to make sure I, those few brain cells I'm not killing. I want to make sure they're very pumped up. And it's one of those things where people just go, Oh, a man shouldn't wrestle a woman. It's like, yeah, a man shouldn't punch a woman, but 
if you have that competitive match, because uh, we're speaking specifically because of the All-Ontario Cup, and there was a very fun moment when the talent was being announced and Addy Starr got announced for it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where Dude, um, I, I am I dig. Yeah. I am a shit disturber. Like, <laughs> if don't give me the opportunity to be an asshole. Because if I see that opportunity, I'm like, ooh, you don't like this? Let me pour some salt on that wound. Let me just yeah. piss you off and because even in real life, like I mentioned, like my supervisors earlier, where literally I like the fact that if someone gets really angry at me, I can tell them, I'm like, oh. You want to punch me in the face right now, but you don't know if you can take my punch to your face. And that makes them even angrier because, like, the toxic masculinity are like, well, how dare he question? Oh, I'm not saying you're not tough. I'm just saying you're afraid to get hit. And I've broken my nose, like, a bunch of times. I've gotten hit in the head with shit. So I'm like, no, I'm going to question it there. And it's just people don't want that challenge and it's easier to not do it versus... No, it is a challenge. It's a little more difficult. That's how you get better. You have challenges. And I'm a big fan. In 2019, I wrestled 114 matches. And besides one of them, they were all in Ontario because I wanted to concentrate here, use it as my developmental, so that when I go anywhere else after this, I know I'm the best version of myself right now. And if I could wrestle... Dude, literally the... Family day weekends before this year, obviously, were like my favorite weekends because I would wrestle like last year I wrestled Evan Greenaway, who's a younger dude. We did like 20 minutes uh, where we like planned it kind of super indie style match. And then I wrestled uh, Addy Star in a no ring match at like a rock concert later that night. And then Friday I wrestled a the Battle Arts heavyweight champion at that time, John Gonzalez. And then Saturday I wrestled Mike Bailey and he just beat the living piss out of me. You can find that on IWTV. It's a very enjoyable yeah. match. Yeah. And then Sunday I wrestled... I think I wrestled like a hardcore match or something somewhere. And then on Monday, I wrestled a dude named Wade Allen. And in that match, I... Oh, yeah. I wrestled a four-way hardcore match on the Sunday against uh, Eric Ryan, uh, Matt Justice, and Steve Brown. And I at Alpha 1 and just like... I, I got powerbombed through a ladder off the top rope. And then Monday, Wade Allen, who's a big dude, like 320 pounds. And we had like a 20-minute on the fly, just like all Japan early 90s style match. It's like... If I... Well, I did have the intergender match thrown in there too. Of like, I want to be known as one of the guys that is the most versatile. If you need a hardcore dude, I'm there. If you need a strong style dude, I'm there. If you need me to do 45 minutes to an hour... Please, I'd prefer to do it with Josh or Kobe, but, like, I'm there. And it's just, if you get relied on, that's where you can fill up so many spots. Whereas other people just go, oh, well, Addy Starr gets announced for the All-Ontario Cup. How is it believable if she wrestles a guy named, like, John Greed? Guess who wrestled Addy Starr in a one-on-one, -on -one, no gimmick match the last show before the pandemic? I did. Guess who didn't win? Me. So did I reply to that douchebag's comment with a photo of her pinning me and going, yeah, how believable would it be that she beat a dude that's almost 300 pounds? That dude will lose all credibility. It, it, it's so fucking ridiculous to me. Um, you know, it all came out to when uh, guys like Booker T shit all over Impact when Tessa Blanchard won the title for, from Sammy Gallahan. And I'm like, this... Number one, this isn't fucking MMA, okay? This is professional yeah. wrestling. We're, we're telling stories here. Let the fucking stories be told and shut the fuck up. 
second of all, even if it was MMA, there was once a time where a, a woman named Ronda Rousey would have been believed to beat a good 80% of that fucking roster, even if they were men. So, yeah. you know, these things can happen. These things are believable. Um, another woman uh, uh, who has been added to the to the tournament in Jody, uh, in Jody Threat, no, no pun intended, but she is a threat for anybody getting in this ring. The, uh, you know, I, I can totally believe that she's going to, to give a hell of a match to anybody she's paired up with. My first intergender match, and I think hers too, was against each other at Crossby. I believe it's on their YouTube account from July or June 2018. And in that match, she punched me right in the dick at one point. And there was just like, you literally, it's that moment of, oh, that wasn't my gut she punched. And like, literally, I just like, I, I had to sell it because it wasn't real. Like, it wasn't a fake sell. It was, yeah. that was my nuts she just hit. And <laughs> the, everyone in the audience was even like, ooh. And it's just like, because if I ever recommend anyone of a match that I felt so like, I belong in wrestling, it was me versus her versus Josh. And it was literally, it was at Crossby in the September show. And that match was the first match where I had ideas because I've wrestled both of these people. I've trained with them. I know their shit. And multi-man matches, people hate them because it's like, oh, it's so, it's hard to plan. It's hard. Whenever yeah. stuff's hard, you shouldn't hate it for that reason. You should hate it because you're, you're not willing to work hard. And that was a match that like, it, it ended up with like Josh going for something, but Jody hitting it on me. And it was like, it was never a singles match. And that was like the most important part I had that that's why I love multi-man matches. That's why when you mentioned once again, Diener, he's more of a fan than uh, a wrestler. It's we're watching the show. We know what everyone's doing because we don't want to do what everyone's doing. So that when you buy a ticket to the show, you get a diverse, you get Baskin Robbins. There's 31 flavors, yeah. but it's all that stuff of like, <sighs> That's what I missed during the pandemic of like those daily challenges of how can I make this match work or how can I build up to this or how about one of whatever I want to plan. And like, that's what I miss. I miss having that like almost daily, almost weekly challenge. Uh, which brings me to my to my next point. I mean, here we are. We're, get, we're getting back uh, here in Ontario. They have announced that wrestling is back. Uh, we're slowly starting to get shows uh, so shows announced. I know you're booked for at least a few. Um, you haven't started yet, have you? you uh, I have yeah. filmed some closed set stuff, uh, but my first show, as of we're recording this on Tuesday the 27th, yeah. this Saturday, Barry Wrestling's returning. Yeah. And right. yeah. this is where me doing content, I thought I would have like a month heads up before wrestling started opening, but fucking promoters are just like, we right can away. run on this day? Let's yeah. go, let's run. And I literally... Um, I'm going to be the first match on that show because I have to go home and do a Zoom call for my patrons where I'm going to judge their promos. <laughs> it, 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 the the lack of uh, the lack preparation. of preparation preparation I can just imagine how much it sucks for you guys. It su it sucks for for podcasters because I we we plan on being at a few of these shows. Um, I'm originally from North Bay, so I have oh wow. So I'm friends with everybody over uh, up at Northland Wrestling. So as soon as Dan announced his next show, I said, okay, there we go. But he gave less than a month's notice. Yep. You know, uh, I I still have to make money, unfortunately. So my day job, I, I said, hey, can I get that Saturday off? Unfortunately, I'm on um, vacation uh, coverage for, for the other mm. people who need vacation. So I can't go. It, 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 so so it, it, it sucks 
because I thought for sure as soon as wrestling's back, I'm going to all these shows. Yeah. I can't go to the next four shows that I want to go to just because they're so close. It happened out of nowhere. I thought I'd have a month to prepare. Nope. But with that said, uh, I can't, I'm so happy these shows are happening. We will be paying attention to these shows. Uh, We will be um, uh, sponsoring these shows. I, uh, um, Counted Out is very proud to be a huge sponsor of, uh, of Barry Wrestling uh, right now. Uh, we we own one of the blocks in the Ontario Cup. Uh, we're, we're big supporters of Northland Wrestling. Uh, we, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, it's official. Uh, I just got the, um, the, the, the prototype back. Uh, Counted Out is on the cover of the Chinlock Wrestling 2022 calendar. Fuck yeah. So that's that's beautiful for us. So we're going to be all over the place. We just hope to be at shows. That's all I care about. I want to be at shows. Were you a part of, was your old thing Wrestle Media? Yeah, it was. Okay. Like, yeah. I will put you guys over for the fact that, yeah, you went downtown Toronto during SummerSlam week yeah. supporting North yeah, Bay. We were there, man. We, we were there at, um, uh, at uh, Never Say Never. Mm-hmm. We're there. We're, uh, the very next day, we were at the Summit, uh, the all-women's pay, uh, uh, show um vince never called me back we went to nxt <laughs> i didn't we went to look for our merch table it wasn't there i don't know hey, it's nxt <laughs> it was supposed to be paul you got the wrong you oh, went to the head the wrong, wrong department wrong oh, department yeah. uh but i will put you guys over like i not enough fucking people appreciate the people that are actually like the promoters the like there's a draft tweet that I have that I haven't posted because I try to be a positive person. Yeah. That means all my negative thoughts, I write them out and then I put save draft. And at <laughs> one point it's going to come up. And one of them is the fact of like, I think that if someone says, Oh, I want to be a referee or a manager. That is so disrespectful to referees and managers. They are saying they want to be a part of wrestling, but they don't think they, they can be a wrestler where the best referees and the best managers are former wrestlers or they had that training. And then the thing is like with a wrestling show, it's so much more than just me wrestling. It's the ring announcer, the referee, the two wrestlers. And then it's the promoter that ran it. It's the fucking sponsors. It's the dude that rips tickets. Like there is so much to the show besides bell to bell that people don't show that appreciation. I think that's why people get burnt out of there's like that quote of you should start saying what you would say to someone's funeral to their face before they're dead, yeah. because that's where you need to show that appreciation and gratefulness. Cause we don't have a platform without someone building that fucking platform. And I wish people could steal this firsthand. They, they, they need to go, you know, listen, if you watch AEW and WWE and all that on TV, that's great. But to really know what it's like and really know what these guys put themselves through every single person not just the wrestlers you need to go to these shows i never knew like i'd been to any shows and stuff growing up but i never knew exactly what it was like what went into it until about i'd say about 12 13 years ago mm-hmm. um very good friend of mine uh was running a show uh for an old uh, promotion called pwa uh, okay used to be run by eddie osborne yes i show up at the show just just as a fan well it turns out <laughs> couple of trucks didn't show up uh so they were short four or five wrestlers all their referees <laughs> their music guy always the music guy the music guy is so underappreciated they don't show up half the time the guy's not there and no wrestling ring <laughs> 
So thank God we've got uh, we, we got uh, Chris Thorne uh, as part of the card. So Frank is able to give a, a phone call and he gets his ring up. Yeah. We're up in Kirkland Lake. Mm. And, and he gets his ring up from North Bay, his training ring, up to Kirkland Lake as fast as possible. So we get that thing. And, and right away, I realize they're in trouble. I'm like, hey, anything I can do, let's do it. I jump on, we help set up the ring. Within minutes, I'm getting thrown clothes. I'm like, what's this? He goes, you're roughing tonight. <laughs> Dude, I've never roughed in my fucking life. Dude, that's the thing where people say they want to be wrestlers. Yeah. If you go to enough shows, at <laughs> some point, you might just be a referee. <laughs> And I and I and I and I'm gonna drop a name here because no one has helped me more than this guy because I'm refing his, uh, his my very first matches for him. I feel a hand on my shoulder and it's RJ City. Oh, the best! And RJ looks at me, he goes, "Man, just do it like it's real." And I look up, I was like, "What?" He goes, "If my fucking shoulders are down, even if they're not supposed to be, you fucking count them down. If I get counted out, it's my fault." Mm-hmm. Best advice I ever got. I went out there, all my nerves went away because he just told me. If he hadn't told me that, I would have been out there so afraid to ruin the finish, so afraid to, to ruin every, the whole show, and I would have fucked up. Our, I, like That was the way RJ helped me get confidence. I don't think I'd be doing even what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have oh. the confidence to reach out to all the stars and, and guys that we get on the show all the time. I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for, for RJ kind of just putting that shoulder a hand on my shoulder going this is what you're gonna do go do it um and that that night was cool it was guys like scotty the body uh really helped me out that night too and uh fuck i can't even think of some dude that looked a lot like link from legend of zelda uh <laughs> i feel kid. like i feel like every three years there's a link looking motherfucker in wrestling uh yeah uh we have one now uh, you already mentioned him uh, Tracy, uh safety tra- uh, travis moore <laughs> yes He's our current link. Well, I I said that the night uh uh what was it the night of never say never. I'm setting up our merch table and this fucking kid is walking around in sweatpants, no shirt, no shoes. And he's setting up the ring and he, he looks like a 12-year-old version of Link. And I look over and I'm laughing. I I I, I said, you know, that kid's gonna be a future wrestler. Look at this kid. He's gonna get in the ring one day because he's putting in the work now. Yeah. He opened the show that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, holy fuck, he's a wrestler. Uh, that little homie's he, been training. Like, we have him on the show next week. So make sure you guys listen to, tra- to Travis coming on our show next week. That little homie has been something uh, that, uh, what's it called? Like, I've been training with him the last few weeks or last couple months. And he's this dude that, if you look at him, you expect him to be like this cowardly. Yeah. Uh, little dude where it's like no so <laughs> so i know like tr- i i know of travis as a teenager i did not know him for three years ago okay. but i've heard him tell me a lot of stories of him being a little shithead yeah. that like a lot of people in wrestling are fake tough and he's someone that he has to not be as tough as he is in real life so that he doesn't get like a charge, especially now that he's an adult. I think he's 20 right now. And literally him wrestling that, that little bastard fucking forgets his training shoes or his knee pads. And he'll sometimes, and this isn't like, especially after the speaking out movement last year, this is not us ribbing him or anything. He will at some point just end up wrestling in his underwear. I don't know why he's so sweaty (laughs) that like, I think he forgets his like shorts. So he did bring a sweater inside of his shorts once because he grabbed the wrong piece of clothing and he just wrestles in his underwear. And he literally looks like a little, 
like MMA fighter with like his uh, boxers and barefoot and the intensity this little bastard has is just so intense and just so good. I call him he's like Donnie for, from the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> he seems like a good kid. I uh, I've only met him very briefly the one time. We're looking forward to talking to him next week. Uh, he is being going to be part of this uh, this All Ontario Cup, which is really cool. Which is really cool for him. I mean, I mean, cool for us as fans. But uh, a guy that young, I mean, I I remember being twenty years old. Um, I, do you remember all the nights of being twenty years old? Because I do not remember all the no. nights. <laughs> but I do, I do remember. Uh, and I probably told the story on the show on this show before. Uh, I think I think I told this story to uh, to Tyson Dukes actually. <laughs> you know, um, this this is the difference between where I was at twenty, and I think most people are at tw- twenty in when I was growing up. This is twenty years ago. Mm. Fucking oh god, I'm old. Uh, but then, you know, there's a big difference between twenty year olds now. When I was twenty, I got offered by. Um, by joey legend to come and train with him wow and because he was training uh, a very good friend of mine a guy who went on uh, uh he's he's retired now you might not know him but a guy named jesse jones wrestled for years yeah uh, he's isn't he still kind of a manager sort of kind of when he can when he can move he's he's in bad physical shape he's at uh, north bay i did have one yeah, yeah you probably would have saw yeah. him in north bay That's no right. i i had like a promo segment before my actual match involving shit, him like right. i this is so I'm a huge Ontario Indy fan from like 2006, but I was a blood, sweat, and ears guy because yes. of living in Brampton. But yeah. like I knew about Max Pro, like so I wrestled Josh and Timmins, and weirdly enough, because of BSE, wrestling in Timmins was a random goal I had in wrestling. Like <laughs> unless you knew the history of like yeah. the Gold Rush tournaments, Max yeah. Pro, yeah. you wouldn't have Timmins as a bucket list. Going to WrestleMania as a fan, yes. As a wrestler, don't think I'll ever be booked there. But going to Timmins, that was on my bucket list, and I accomplished that. So I, uh, I kind of know all these guys, and I've been lucky enough to like cross paths with some of them. Je- Jesse and I, uh, Jesse and I were when we went to high school together. We we're friends since we're since we're twelve years old, and he got lucky enough. He he left our little shithole town and uh, and went and, and and trained with uh, in Belleville with guys like. Mm. Uh, guys like joey and stuff like that and he did a little bit of work for uh joel frockledge uh ike shaw stuff like that and uh one night I, out of the blue i get this phone call from jesse and he's like hey man i got a buddy who wants to talk to you and he passes the phone over and there's joey legend on the phone and joe says hey man jesse tells me all these great things about you i want you to come down and and and, and, and train well at this point in my time in my life i'm six i'm six foot two 101 pounds if i'm lucky you could count every one of my ribs <laughs> play them as a fucking xylophone i was always a small kid tall but fucking small <laughs> and right there i you know the self this is where my self-esteem issues they just they, you know really come from and i said no i can't do that i said i'm not a wrestler i'll, I'll get you know i'll embarrass myself there's no such thing as a skinny wrestler and joe tried to tuck me into it and then finally uh you know no one's going to fight for you unless you fight for yourself. And Joe said, okay, you don't want to do it. You're not going to do it. I look now at these 20 year old kids and they have the balls to do it. And I'm so envious of that to look at a guy like Travis, to go look at a guy like, well, even yourself, you, cause you were probably around that age. You've been doing this now since what? 2015, uh, 2015 full matches. But, yeah. uh, like I, I've spent basically all of my twenties in wrestling. 
or even Alexi. I think she got into it when she was 13. Brother, oh, like all my I friends are like 10 years in now. I can't imagine shit like that. And and then, but even even the, the, the other people, you know, that I find there's such a difference in wrestling. You can tell me, because you're, you're right in the middle of it. You can tell me if, if you think I'm right. Oh, it's not. way more accepted. It's not only that, there, do you find that it's easier to, to climb if you put the work in these days? For example, a uh, friend of the show, Nova. Mm-hmm. She's only been in the business, what, three years? And she's one of the biggest names on the Ontario scene right now. Yet, because she put in the work, the hard work right away, she climbed and people know who she is. That wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. You had to be in the business for 10, 15 years before anybody even recognized you. Do you, do you like, what, what is your take on that when people really climb right away? Uh, so this is where I'm going to shit on Ontario wrestling in the 2000s. Uh, but so I, especially during the pandemic, I I was so busy that it was like this show, next show, next show, next show, next show. And like I was tunnel focus on myself and there's nothing wrong with that. Focusing yeah. on my friends and like seeing the people and it was all going good. Pandemic hits. Yeah. I can either bitch and moan I'm not wrestling or I could see what I need to improve on, see what's going around the area. And I'm always the type of dude that I'm looking at what's going on in England. I'm looking at what's going on in the Indies. I'm looking at Japan. I'm looking at Australia. I'm looking at everywhere. And it's one of those things of, I know that there's more wrestling than what's on TV. I know that there's more wrestling than just GCW and AIW in the States. I know that there's more to wrestling than smash or destiny or a one i know because i'm a fucking wrestling fan and there's all this stuff and in my wrestling taught me in the last in my 20s of the work you put in you'll get out at the end and josh alexander is a perfect example of that and i did a long ass like two hour long podcast with him and i just had different photos of his career and life and let him describe what was going on his highs his lows around that time and just seeing that of he's the X division champion. We all watched TNA in 2006 going like, what the fuck is this? This is dope. And now he is the X division champion. His trainer is a former X division champion. Like there's so much cool stuff. And like, he's had two neck surgeries and he's one of the dudes, like we brought up like having children before we went on the air, but he's one of the dudes that's proud of his kids where in the eighties and nineties, you couldn't mention your children because what if as a baby face, if you're the rock and roll express or Ricky Steamboat, the girls want to have to fuck you or the fact of like my number one dude, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He does not, he has barely any uh, relationship with his daughters. And that's one of the things of, it's heartbreaking and it's one of those things, but it's a sacrifice to be on the top of the game. And when that A&E biography went out, there's one scene where it's like three minutes and he even talks about living in a trailer off of his property. And it's one of the things where you can see him be vulnerable. If you're paying attention, he goes, I was going through a divorce and like life stuff. And you can tell he doesn't want to talk about it because he's a a dude in his fifties doesn't want to talk about these bad times because he doesn't want to be vulnerable and he doesn't want to feel these feelings. I think in the last six or seven years, 
it's very much if you don't shit the bed, if you show up every time, if you put in the performance of five or a thousand people and not just say it, you need to prove it. You need to do that. And also telling promoters you're worth more than $20, telling them you're worth more than $50, putting that worth on yourself and then proving yourself of, hey, if I'm telling a promoter I'm $130, I can't shit the bed because I want to get 130 next month too. I still want to get booked. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I was trying to think, why isn't Ontario where England was five years ago? And I just look at it and go, between like 2002 to 2010, there were the same dudes having the same matches in front of the same audience. And if I'm going to watch wrestler A versus wrestler B in a 30-minute match this Saturday in Oshawa, and then next week in fucking uh, Niagara Falls, and then the next week in Hamilton... I know I don't need to go to all those shows because I'll catch the next one. I'll catch whatever. And there's not a lot of footage of 2000s Ontario wrestling. And I think that's because a lot of the matches were similar. It was, I want to wrestle my friends. I want to wrestle this little clique yeah. versus, and I still saw some of it, but me and my friends, especially helping like younger guys, being good wrestlers ourselves, creating opportunities for ourselves. We taught people, it's like, no, you can wrestle the Nick Watts who's been wrestling for 14 years. You can wrestle the Travis Moore that's been wrestling a year and a half. We can wrestle each other that are five to 10 years into wrestling. And the whole same six matches for six years, that's why people don't buy tickets. We want to give them a reason to buy tickets. We want these different matches. And then when you go into like a person like Nova, that falls under the female rule of if there's only seven women, there's a huge opportunity for a lot of women to get used. Every time I see a woman at a uh, training school, I tell her, I'm like, you have to stick with this because we have no women in the area. You will get booked. Yeah. It's not a question of if you will get booked. If you're not actually, no, if you're a female wrestler, especially in your first couple of years, you will get booked even if you're shitty because yeah. you are a specialty. You're an attraction. And that's one of the things of, it became more opportunities and people actually wrestling hard and having the the no off nights like i have some of my friends that will tell they will plan their match and they'll jokingly beforehand and i say jokingly but they mean it seriously and i question them a little bit of uh, they go i'm only gonna bump like twice tonight and i'm just like well that seems lazy and then i watch their match and these motherfuckers are doing like triple bumps they're doing like a back bump getting up and then flare flopping afterwards and i'm like Hey, bro, what happened to the two bumps tonight? He's like, yeah, I kind of got in my mind. I was just like, they have the mindset of wanting to be lazy. And then once they're in there, once the crowd's there, it's like, we don't know how to be lazy, even if we wanted to. That's why, like, I'm, me and Kobe Durst are hilarious for the fact that we are, I won't say we're dumb wrestlers, but we will take dumb risks. And we don't have fucking shoulder braces or fucking knee injuries or shoulder replacements where it's our style you would expect like oh those two are fucked up and it's just if you have those calluses built up it's gonna go and it's just society as a whole too of we don't let shit bags get away with stuff anymore of oh well they have this authority especially the level i'm on is yeah. 0.75 of level one. I haven't reached anything. That's where that one in 10,000 to one in 100,000, which will lead to that one in a million. I'm still climbing that up versus I'm happy where I am and I can enjoy the process, but I'm moving forward. And not a lot of people because WWE was the only option for so fucking long. And it was, yeah, wrestle, 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 and then do extra work. Maybe you'll get a tryout. Maybe you'll get signed. But the shows you do on the weekend don't count where... 
especially you can make a full-time living in independent wrestling. Like I, this is where like, I will, I, I like you. So I'll dive a little deeper into this, but like I did the math last year of how much money I lost and not wrestling on shows. And I'm a guy, I wrestle for my booking fee. I could sell more merch, but I'd rather take pride in the merch I do have instead of having a new shirt with my face on it every two weeks. Right. And literally I lost like, thirteen thousand dollars not wrestling and that was only ontario so yes. like that that's the thing of where people go oh you can't make money in wrestling uh no just because you don't know how doesn't mean nobody can because i'm looking motherfuckers got shirts and hot topic dan Housen, before getting signed to roh had a shirt yeah. on. there is ways to make money and people don't this, know this drives me nuts too and i and i get it people call me a, a marcus mark whatever i don't give a fuck there, there, these certain guys you just brought up, Dan Danhausen. There's a lot of people didn't know who he was till he showed up in ROH, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But goddamn, was he a star even before ROH? Yep. Because the dude put himself over. The dude marketed himself. He like like there was already a, a t like you said a T-shirt line out, and nobody even knew who he was on on the mainstream because he put in the work. Uh, you know. We, we've already talked about Josh Alexander a bunch of times on, uh, on this interview. He doesn't need to be working for Impact Wrestling to make a living. You know, I'm glad he is. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is my, we've talked, we talked about this a few weeks ago right here on the show. It is my theory that Josh Alexander will be the one to beat Kenny Omega for the Impact title. They teased that. Really. And I was like, oh, I really do think that's going to happen. Um, but you know, I'm, it's great for Impact to have Josh there. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. Josh doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. Josh was doing damn well on his own in 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 Alpha One, in Smash, in pretty much you name it, a, a, a promotion in Ontario, in Canada, really. Yeah, and he was there. And then you go on uh, IW. You, you type his name in IWTV right now, or even on Fight TV. And He's been in, B in Black Label Pro and GCW. He's been all over the place. You know, the man knew how to make money. Yeah. Uh, so right there, he is, he is living proof that you don't need to be in WWE to yeah. make money doing what you're doing. It's one of those things that like, because Gabriel Fuerza posted about it in February of people don't understand, like literally Vince in the 90s created a legislation in canada that said wrestlers are allowed to come into canada to make money they won't be taxed it's counted as entertainment but it doesn't work the other way around because i'm a canadian citizen because i have a canadian passport i need to tell them i'm not making money i am going there to perform this because they think we're taking a job away from them and that's the benefit of i was telling people before the pandemic of out of every company I would want to work for MLW for the fact that the production quality is there. It's the ground floor. So everyone matters. And it's one of those things of as a Canadian, we need a contract because we need that visa because it's yes, we can cross the border and it's very 50 50 on like how shady we are crossing the border. It is legal. Like I have a job that's a very like security sensitive job so that when I say it at the border, they know they don't have to do a criminal check on me because my job did a criminal check on me. Right. So there's all those things of we need it just so that we have less of a headache so that we don't have the concern. Like I've never been turned around at the border, but like 
I've been pulled in there for six, seven hours, and especially having the wild haircut of a few years ago, looking the way I look, like I am the type of person that you don't want in your country when you look at me. But I only had that because of wrestling, because of Holden Albright. And that's why Canadians, we fight so hard for contracts because we want that visa. And it's what you do with that visa. Do you get that contract and you're now just waiting for those bookings? Or are you going to Black Label? Are you going to freelance? Are you going to AAW? And there's all these things that it's more the contract is a here's opening up the door but when you're in that door are you djing the party are you the life of the party are you or are you just sitting down on the oven just while everyone gets drunk around you i'm I'm so glad you brought that up this is this is something that's come up on the show quite often Uh, it all started a few months ago when we had jeremy profit on the show and he he went on a real big rant about uh how difficult difficult it is for canadian wrestlers to get to get booked in the states and I brought this up to Kerry Silken when we had him on the show. And I, and I asked him, I said, you never see, other than right now, you'll see PCO, but you never see Canadian wrestlers on ROH. And he basically told me, he said, it's too difficult. Yep. It's, it's too difficult of a process. We even reached out to Maria Canellis uh, and asked her about, uh, uh, about um, certain Canadian wrestlers, you know, getting down there in the women's mm-hmm. division. And she flat out said, she goes, do you not think I want to see some of these girls here of course i do it's just it's just not feasible it's just yep. not easy and, and i was laughing because you, you i don't get it because i'm not there i don't yep. see the red tape but i guess i just don't understand because why is it so easy for somebody like impact then is it because anthem is a canadian-owned company it, like, like you look at you look at impact and they've had canadian wrestlers at one point in time, I want to say it was 50, 50% Canadian in impact. And I mean, even in management, look at, yeah, yeah, you got it. The place is run by Scott DeMore and, and Don Gallus. Anthem is a Canadian owned company. So maybe that makes it easier for them to bring these talents over. I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's funny to me that Canadians can get it over to impact, but ROH won't even look at us right now. Well, you have to look at like, so I, I don't want to reveal anyone's like, details or secrets of their company but if you wrestle for impact if you wrestle for aew if you wrestle for wwe they they get you a visa a lot of other promotions they don't and then it is if i'm wrestling on a show like aiw in ohio if i'm wrestling on that show and i'm crossing the border there is a 50 50 chance i get turned around and there's a difference between hey, promoter A, I can't make the show because I'm not feeling well or no showing or just bullshit like that versus I can't cross the border. And like you even brought that up with Tyson. That was an issue he had maybe like six or seven years ago now that like he got fucked with. And it's one of those things of are you going to book someone and hope that they make it across the border where what if they don't? You now just lost a match you were promoting and you were booking and not a lot of wrestlers see that. But then also... I hear a lot of wrestlers, it's, like, I'm not shitty on them. It's literally, they're afraid to cross the border. And they use that as an excuse. It's very much like COVID being a perfect excuse for the last year and a half. Oh, it's, my favorite part of last year was how many people kept saying, oh, well, 2021's gonna be my year because COVID fucked me this year. I've looked at their posts. 
they said 2020 was going to be their year. 2019, <laughs> 2018, 2017, 2016. Why the fuck was none of these your year? But now because of COVID, that affected everyone, not just wrestling. It was killing people. You now have an excuse. Because yeah. by March 13th, when I had my last match before the pandemic hit, that was like my 20th match of the year. We weren't even done three months and I was 20 matches in. Other people had like one or two matches. And I'm not the type of person that goes... Okay, well, I do now say if you don't wrestle 35 or 40 matches in a year, you can't say you're pursuing this as much as you can because you're just lying. But if yeah. you're saying COVID prevented you as opposed to you prevented you of, oh, it's so hard to cross the border, like, especially. So I look at guys like Josh Alexander and Bailey. Josh Alexander got turned around in flight. He never got banned, but it just made it difficult. And he decided I'm going to have I'm going to wrestle everywhere in Ontario, Quebec, went out east, went out west, and I'm going to give everyone their best fucking match. Speedball Mike Bailey gets fucked at the border, flagged. He's not allowed to wrestle in Mexico because it goes over the American airspace. Yeah. What did that What did that motherfucker do? I'm going to wrestle in England for three months. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go to Germany. I'm going to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. There's no excuse yeah, excuses are reasons, but it's also like we talked about your children beforehand. There's a there's a podcaster who's like a motivational dude, and his name is Rob Dial. And he, for the past two weeks on at least one of his episodes, keeps saying, don't use especially like family members as an excuse. Don't say, I can't live my dream because of my child. Yeah. Go, I will live my dream because of my child. And when Josh was on my podcast, him mentioning he shares so much about children because he doesn't want his children to look at his social media and then go, well, why is there random wrestlers with dirtbag A and B and there's no photos of me? Like his wife, Jade Chung, who's a fantastic, that whole fucking family is just a motivation. And I'm appreciative that they're in Ontario, that I get yeah. to see them and I get to call them friends. Yeah. And literally Jed is facebook messaging josh and you just see josh replying back like uh because he called him when he thought josh was asleep so he messaged him and josh was awake and he just like messaged back love you and i'm looking at that and i come from not the best family life i come from just like weird disconnected and stuff and just seeing that of yeah he's a wrestler he could use the excuse of i don't have time but he makes time for his fucking family and he's yeah. A, a great wrestler. He's not even like a shitty wrestler that's also a shitty dad. He's an no, amazing dad. Not like he's some mid-carder somewhere. He is no. one of the best wrestlers in the, the world right now. 100%. And uh, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't mention this. Uh, I say this at least every chance I get. Um, he is one of the greatest in the world. Thank God he's out of that shitty tag team. Fuck Ethan Page. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell you a story offline. Okay, <laughs> I that's a gimmick. That's part of my gimmick on the show here. I, I every time I can uh, I get a chance to say fuck Ethan Page, I'll say fuck Ethan Page. Let 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 let's say it's kayfabe. It's not kayfabe. Um, but no, Josh is one of my favorites in the world, and mm -hmm. uh, and I thank him for introducing me to you because that match, kind of going full circle here, that match is what brought me to reminded me. Of how much I love indie wrestling because I kind of got out of it for a while. Yeah. Not not indie wrestling in whole, but but Ontario. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, once um, and no, nothing against him, but once Sebastian bought uh, Smash Wrestling, 
I kind of fell out of the product for a bit. I wasn't going to his shows, and it's nothing in Sebastian. I like Sebastian, but I, I, I kind of wasn't going to his shows a, a, as much, uh, you know. Uh, and of course, BSC is not a thing anymore, and uh, uh, Northland hadn't come out yet, yeah, so yeah. there was not a whole lot for me to see. And it wasn't still. I started podcasting with uh, with uh, when WrestleMedia was still a thing, and we're like, okay, we're going to go to every show we can find, and even sh- even shows that. I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. promotions. I didn't know existed. And one day I came, I came upon uh, this never say never show. And I texted my partner. I said, you know, anything about this guy, uh, kingdom James, he says, if you can get in a show, do it now. <laughs> we want to be friends with kingdom James and goddamn was he right? Because I've now had the fortunate, I've had the privilege to work, do business with a lot of promoters. I'm going to say Kingdom's one of my favorites. He was so giving to us. He let mm-hmm. us do whatever we want. You know, didn't charge us too fucking much. It was a very fair price. Kingdom's Honestly, a dude that is a mentor a for me that wow. not enough people like really know about. And like, he's, if I ever got offered, because my career aspirations in entertainment aren't wrestling. I have, if I'm not wrestling in five years, it's because I'm busy with other stuff. And Kingdom's one of the dudes that if I have a production company and someone gives me like, here's your money to create your content. Kingdom James is the first person I call because that motherfucker, literally his hustle and his drive and just everything. like so intelligent. Literally, like, and that's just... He's very boisterous and it's a little bit of like a hard shell that like once you, he doesn't want you to get close to him, but then when you're close to him, he will fucking take a bullet for you. Or he'll also put a bullet to the back of your head. Depends. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, he, he's definitely one of my favorites. And that kind of segues into what, uh, the one of the last things I really wanted to talk to you about. And that's, um, the fact that you really are a content creator outside of your wrestling um you do do a show with kingdom james mm-hmm. uh you have a show sorry what's the title of that one uh, uh i think it's a great title it's called the abc podcast the anthony right. brendan conversation yeah. yes love that uh you also have a show i don't know if it's an ongoing show but you you were doing something with kobe for a while oh uh, yeah we uh <laughs> we got uh weeds legal in canada so uh we were getting high and uh, we'd press record during the last half hour of AEW and uh that podcast lasted for 25 weeks on my Patreon, and like with wrestling game busy again, we weren't able to like do that because we're back at training and such. But literally, I think that is well worth the price of the Patreon for the <laughs> fact of, do you want to know what it's like to watch wrestling with wrestlers that aren't sober? So like we're popping for crazy stuff, but then we're also like. Hey, this wrestler on TV, they were a shithead because of this reason. Or, like, I had a weird thing against uh, Ryan Namath. Like, I won't explain why. You can listen to the podcast. But it was well worth the uh, every week we were doing that for almost half a year. I, I, that, it's on my must-listen list. I haven't gotten around to it because of life. No worries. So, you have a toddler. <laughs> but I will because, uh, especially after, after having Colby on this show, I know how fun Stone Kobe is. <laughs> <laughs> he, I started with Sober Kobe, did not end with Sober. Kobe. It, holy fuck! No, uh, actually, to be uh, honest though, uh, you got you got uh, Buzz Kobe and then Stone Kobe. There is no Sober Kobe. <laughs> and then, of course, the the big one you have. This is Brendan. Uh, that you really. You got to talk about this because I can really tell the passion you have in this project. This is something 
this is not a wrestling uh, podcast. This no. is not a, there's no demographic for this podcast. This is just you talking. This is just you putting your life out there. What, this is a two-part question. Number one, what influenced you? What made you want to do this? And what made you get the balls to do this? I do a weekly podcast about wrestling because I hide behind something I love. Mm-hmm. I don't have the fucking balls to get there and talk about all the things that, you know, make me happy, make me scared, make me, make me cry, make me laugh. I, I, I'm, I don't like being that vulnerable. How mm-hmm. do you put yourself out like that for everybody to see through your skin uh it's a beaut- it's an amazing show if you haven't heard it go listen to it this is brendan but w- what is what made you do this show so i first did podcasts and like this is one of the things that people don't realize with kingdom he first did podcasts in 2008 and like there used to be a show called the o show around and like i was an ontario windu fan so like that's how i first got introduced to rj rj city went from rj skinner to rj city yeah. because of that podcast because oh, of his love for lounge singing and all of this stuff and kingdom james had the handsome genius club and yeah. i would like hear this and then I was a live audio wrestling guy. I'm now a post wrestling guy. And I w- they had a show called Bite Radio, which was just Jason Agnew, John Pollock, Wei Ting, and a few other people. And they were just talking about life. It had nothing to do with wrestling every now and then because they went to a show or there was a pay-per-view. But it was about life. So I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's also like the secret to life. You can do anything that you want to do. It's just how can you do it? If you want to run a marathon, yes. If you want to be faster than Usain Bolt and you're 30, probably not. Hell, if you're 8 and you want to be faster than Usain Bolt, you could train the next 20 years. You probably won't be, but you can still run that marathon. You can still start running every morning. Like, you just need achievable goals, and those are what prevents you from giving up and burnout. And I started one back then. It was called GTA Wire, and I had different iterations of different hosts, and it just kept going... I saw it very much like you can hear me talking about wrestling. These are businesses. I don't think we're going to make a million dollars, but like now, especially I didn't have this thought process in 2012 when I first did it, but I read something like four years ago that said the median poverty line in Ontario is like thirty-five, dollars $36,000 a year. That's how much money you need to sustain yourself. And then also, if you know your own bills and your own expenses, you can get away with 12000 a year. Like, there is whatever fits you. So, like, my goal was always, I don't want a real job, but, like, I want something that's fun and shit. And my friends just, they were along for the ride, but I was the one editing it. I was the one on Audacity, Levelator, making all this work. Yeah. And then it just became, okay, different iterations. Every, like, two years, it'd be GTA Wire 1 with three new people i worked at cineplex at the time so it was cineplex employees and it just kept going and going until i started doing this darker character and i was like i need to do a podcast especially like i'm gonna do a solo podcast because i don't want to rely on anyone else Mm -hmm. number two i don't want to end up like fucking heath ledger my character is not inspired by horror movies i don't I'm a pussy. I don't give a shit about horror movies, but I love true crime and criminals and like stalkers and cults and like spree killers. So, I... so you're not into the fiction, just the real stuff. So, yeah. but, but you're a pussy. Oh yeah. Like I, I don't want to get scared by Michael Myers, but I'll go to bestgore.com and watch ISIS behead someone. <laughs> <I'm sick. laughs> 
Like, I watch one lunatic, one ice pig, but, like, I don't need to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's so fucked. I'm backwards. Like, so if you see my promos of literally at the beginning, it looks like evidence tape. It's, like, case number, and it's the initials of the promotion and the date of the event. My victim is my opponent. In my mind, there is an evidence locker room of all these tapes called the Albright Files. Like, that's what I picture in my mind. And which is why when we go a little more into the Holden Albright character, I'm a little more fleshed out than most people are about their wrestling characters. Right. Uh, but literally, I did the podcast and I only had three questions. I I wanted to interview like two of my buddies for like five minutes each and then have one like 30 to 45 minute conversation. Car ride, at a show, whatever. And it was because these are questions you shouldn't ask people. What was your first impression of me? What's your current impression of me? And then what's your goals? And it was a weird thing. And it took seven or eight episodes before Gabriel Fuerza came on. And he said, I hated you when I first met you. And now we're best of friends. So, like, it turned around. I'm one of the few people that Fuerza has disliked and learned to like. He either likes you from the beginning or never likes you. And I luckily, I swerved that. But, and then, like, with the pandemic happening, I recorded a bunch. But literally, like, between... I've recorded so much vlog footage that is on hard drives. I've recorded interviews and stuff. And it's just like having the time to, I need, I literally need like an intern. I need my own editor. Cause I got all these ideas, but I do not have, I have, I have 27 hours of ideas. There's 24 hours in the day. I, I literally don't have time for that. I can't edit it. I will schedule the interview. I'll record the podcast, but I need to edit it. I need to post it and all that stuff. That's why this is Brendan has been a little 50 50 on episodes, but if you're on my Patreon, you got all this stuff because you're paying for it. So I'm like, Hey, I need to give you guys your money's worth. And I give them way more than their money's worth. But the podcast just became, especially during the pandemic, I started doing more Instagram lives and I wanted to have conversations with my friends and people I've known in wrestling that you don't get to have these conversations until like you're fully on. So instead of very much like these conversations, which have been great, it's not an interview. It's not, how did you get started? What's this? What's I want to know. And we talked about it before we went on the air. Like, I want to know that nerdy shit you were into when you were a kid. Like, yeah, wrestling, wrestling's cool. Oh, you were into Ninja Turtles. What's your memories? What's your favorite Christmas? What's all like this stuff? What have been some struggles you've had in life and wrestling? And I think that's one of the thing of my demographic. When I said I am my own audience, anytime I'm posting something positive, I'm not trying to get likes on it. I'm waiting a year, two years from now when the Facebook memory pops up of me going, it's okay to lose friends if they're, if they're taxing your time. Mm-hmm. Like if there is a weird struggle and a cost to be friends with someone, that's unnecessary a friendship should just be natural it shouldn't be stressful and stuff like that so i'm talking to myself in the future i am my own audience and luckily if you're aiming for yourself as your audience you'll find other people are very similar to you and it's obviously working for you i mean not not only do you have listeners you got enough people on your patreon uh uh you know uh so so obviously there's like-minded people out there that want to hear the stuff that comes out of your brain which has got to be a cool feeling, you know what I mean? It's scary. Like, it's I'm, so well, scary. That's it. I'm scared of the shit that's in here. 
<laughs> Homie, they, they started calling themselves the Acolytes of Albright, and that's super dope. I'm getting an APA-style shirt made I for it. But I constantly am saying, this isn't a cult. They will say it's a cult. They will call themselves cult members. But I, knowing, like, I literally have books here on serial killers and cults. I'm like, I... There, I do not want multiple wives, and I don't want to touch children. So I have no reason to have a cult yet. Yeah, you got your own little Bray Wyatt thing going on now. Uh, more Jim Jones. That's that's the aim. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knows if you go over to Albright's house, do not drink any juice he gives you. <laughs> hey, it's just going to be vodka and orange juice. <laughs> For now. Before, before we start wrapping this up, man, there, like we got to get you back on because there's so much I, I yeah. need to talk to you about. Uh, just not enough, uh, not enough time. But uh, before we wrap up, is there other than your podcast and and I know you got shows coming up. Anything else you want you want to plug? Anything else you're doing that's that's cool? Uh, so I've mentioned the Patreon. That is Patreon.com/slash B R E N D O N E. The letter C, Brendan C. Uh, you can just follow me at Holden Pro on most things. Brendan Caulfield, I have a pretty open Facebook. Like, literally, and I was talking about this with someone. I think the goal is to be famous enough that you can delete social media and still, like, live your life by being, like... Like, Tom Cruise doesn't use social media. Brad Pitt doesn't use social media. You just need to be... Like, yeah. even John Moxley, Dean Ambrose didn't actually use social media. Right. But literally, I... I'm not the person... There's, like, these barriers. Like... There is ways of, I am a very open person because it. I talk to so many people that it would be a struggle to keep up with my lies. So literally, I'm very open on everything. I maybe too open. I'm in the process. I think within the next two years, I'm going to have a flip phone that can only do text messaging and phone calls. <laughs> and like this phone's going to be for fucking uh, business only because I've given away the number so much. And it's one of those things of... If you listen to my, if you enjoy what I've said here, go listen to my podcast because it's way more in depth. And also, like I mentioned the interview because it's one of the recent episodes with Josh Alexander, hearing him struggle, hearing this. This is a perfect example of he was talking about his fitness regime. And in the middle of it, I asked him what's the biggest poop he, he's ever had of did he weigh himself before or after. It is the, the duology of my brain is literally, oh, so what are the struggles you've overcome? What are some goals you have? Oh, what's the dumbest thing you did as a kid? Like, it is such a wide, and it's just conversation. So go check all of that stuff out. Also, on the Patreon, this is starting this month. If you've ever wanted to be a wrestler, I'm not saying I'll train you to be a wrestler, but I'm doing a promo contest that's judged by Anthony Kingdom James and some other people that every month you submit a one-minute promo, and it just gets shuffled against each other, and we're going to have a standings where the top six people after July next year we're going to do some sort of wipeout, most extreme elimination challenge style obstacle course. And the top three people are going to have a match that December. That's fantastic. You guys got to check that out. On top of that, um, if you haven't, for some stupid reason, if you haven't seen this man wrestle, um, I looked at it, I counted it myself. If you go to IWTV, the, the, their app, you type in his name, you're going to get no less than 60 shows pop up. Wow. You can find this man. You gotta catch. You gotta catch up to Kobe, though, dude. Co Kobe's got over a hundred now. Hey, Kobe's been wrestling in the states <laughs> a lot more than me. If the pandemic didn't hit, I had bookings all over the states. 
Kobe, uh, here's the thing. Kobe Durst is an Ontario wrestler that people forget lives in Ontario. That's how frequently he wrestles outside of it. Ontario just needs to post their fucking footage more. (laughs) Uh, Last thing, you do have a a, a, a pro wrestling tease page, right? Actually, so this goes into like that, that slacking on it. I do not have my own pro wrestling tease store, but that you can buy a shirt off of uh, Crossbody's account. By the end of August, I'm going to have a big cartel store to put up. And also, I, are you I think, are you ever going to market those masks? Oh, homie, I'm on my last white wolf mask. I got to figure out like what I'm going to do after. Because I've like, Josh kicked one of them once and broke them. But like, they've had so much wear and tear. I'm on the last one. I can't buy anymore. They got discontinued five years ago that like, I'm thinking what's next. But on my big cartel store, I, there's only so many t-shirts you can own. Like t-shirts, like, yeah, you want to support the wrestler, 8 by 10 shirt. Bro. I just got mugs made. I'm going to get notebooks made, pens, stationery, like whatever I would use in my day-to-day life, I'm going to get those made because it, once again, I am my own audience. If I can use it, that means someone else can. And we only got one torso. How many t-shirts do you need? (laughs) That's smart, man. That's very smart. Coming from a guy, I am waiting for a a package from Pro Wrestling Tees right now. My new Rory Fox shirt should be here any day. So, hey, you a major wrestling figure uh, podcast, dude? No, <laughs> no. And I'm going to tell you why. I hate Matt Cardona. All right? We talk about Matt Cardona on the show. Now, did I gain a whole lot of fucking respect for Matt Cardona this week? You're goddamn right I did. But one of my favorite things to do on this show, uh, we're, uh, one of our best friends on this show is Rory Fox. And Rory pops on every few months and we just spend the whole time shit talking Matt Cardona mm-hmm. and it's just so fun. <laughs> hey, me and Pretty Ricky are going to do a podcast. Uh, Pretty Ricky was a broski of the week on episode 49 of the Z True Hollywood, uh, Z True Long Island story. And we're actually going to do a podcast that's going to be released on Friday of showing our appreciation because that's the thing like during this whole podcast i've put over so many people people don't want to appreciate people because they think it'll take away from themselves or something where it's like no put people on pedestals show them give them their flowers while they're here or whatever that hippie bullshit is the two things that bug me the most man people who don't want to put people over and the people who don't want to shit on people when they deserve it (laughs) my last podcast uh I used to, if I, if someone, if someone did something wrong to me at, at an indie show or something like that, I call them out right there on my podcast. And my former partner of that podcast is an indie wrestler named Danny Franchise. Okay. And Danny was so afraid that me shit talking people would affect his bookings that he used to censor my, my, the podcasts. <laughs> and he uh which was funny because our gimmick on the show on wrestle media there were seven different shows each had a different gimmick mm-hmm. this gimmick was the gimmick that this was the only non-family friendly show on the network ah. we we were known <laughs> for being very foul very so you would listen to the show and we're we're saying fuck shit cunt cock and then all of a sudden beep because i said something bad about ethan page <laughs> And he was way, he was so afraid that talking shit about Ethan Page on, on our show would affect his bookings. Man, the way I look at it, and, and, and I'm not a worker, so maybe I'm speaking out of place here. But the way I look at it, if, if you are afraid that one comment's going to affect your bookings, then you're not worth getting booked. Yeah. You're not working. You, you're not undeniable. 
Yeah, be, because if people want you, they're gonna book you. How many how many assholes get booked every fucking week? Why? Because they're good enough to get booked. No one's gonna not book you because you're a dick. I I've said this a thousand times. I'm not talking shit about him. I'll say it to his face because it's a joke. People book Jeremy Prophet every week. <laughs> Is it every week though? Uh, not so weekly. It, it, it might be, but it used to be. <laughs> then they all got to know him. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jeremy. Don't yell at me. But uh, it, you, you know, and and that's my thing, and that's part of the reason when I started this new show, uh, I told my partner right away. I said, "This is what I want to do. This is what I don't want to do. One of the things I, I want, I want us to be honest." Mm-hmm. I want people to, I want to put people over. I want to bring, cause yeah, we do, we, we, we get big stars. You know, we try yeah. to get big stars, yeah. you know, we get the Nikolai Volkovs and the, uh, and the Just Incredibles. And we're really lucky to get those guys, but I love getting the, the whole null breaks. I love getting the, the Tyson Dukes, the, the guys that made our local scene so fucking good because if our local scene's not, not thriving, then to me, wrestling's not thriving. And well, that's what also the benefit of a podcast. Very lucky to live in Ontario because I will say that we have the best indie wrestling probably on the planet in Ontario. And yeah, I'm biased, but I love Ontario. Hey, you're waving the flag of your home. Like, there's nothing fucking wrong with that. And like, the bear, like, for me being so open on my podcast, it's the same way of you. For I will put so many good people over because there are people I could shit on. And do I give them my time and effort? No, I'd rather give that to the people that deserve it, the people that need to be risen up. I'd rather not mention the dirt bags. And literally it's if you're downloading this podcast, I I think we're past the hour and probably 20 minute mark or some shit like that. That literally you're you cared enough that you enjoyed this conversation. You wanted to see where it would go. You wanted to see if Holden Albright was going to shoot himself in the foot and prevent himself from getting bookings. I know people look at my stuff because I get messages from other people saying they screenshotted my shit trying to say I don't do enough. Where I'm sorry, you motherfuckers that think because I proclaimed I'm going to make Ontario better, you. I'm doing so much between content and behind the scenes things. I can't promote my own podcast that I released yesterday because there's so much going on. This is why I need an intern. I need some help with that. But I'd rather do too much that you don't know what I'm doing because I'm already fucking doing it. Yeah. No, uh, there, I, I have said this on the podcast before that. So, you, you know, I'm not sucking your dick this time. Uh, you are probably one of if not the hardest working men on on the ontario indie scene right now i mean you be be, like i said and this this keeps coming up put in the work you Mm -hmm. definitely put in the work and what i love about that is you're putting in the work not only to get yourself over and that's important if you're not getting yourself over everyone's afraid to get themselves over because they don't want to look like like they're full of themselves no one's going to get you over man get yourself over first fuck yeah you can get yourself over but you're also getting everybody else over You've talked about, you know, you've already, you've brought up the name Jocelyn Alexander so many times on this show. You, you, you know, you talked about, about Preza, you talked about Kobe, you talked about Alexi, you, you, you know, you, you talked about getting this show over. That's so part of it. That shows how hard you're working, not only for yourself, but for the, for, for the industry, for the Ontario indie scene right now. And that's why it's thriving because of guys like yourself. Because of guys like Kobe, because he he was saying the exact same stuff when he was on this show. 
you know it, it, it's i'm loving the passion i'm seeing right now i think, I, I think yeah. that's what it all comes down to but you're right we are well over uh, my my uh this actually might be uh, a special show on its own it might not even go on the show proper i apologize i no, do I, I do that frequently this is so do i my this is why i love doing shows with my with my uh, partner because he keeps me in check I, I talk a lot and he and he knows when to bring me home. If he's not here, I don't go home. I could just talk for hours. And hey, hours. bro, you are home. I'm home. We're <laughs> just on Zoom. <laughs> I, I need to get out to a show. With that said, we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, we will get you back on one of these days, man, especially once. Uh, you know what? The next time we'll get you on, hopefully we'll be at a show and we'll be able to talk to you outside of a wrestling ring. Fuck yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show this week uh we will put all your info in the in the deets on uh canada7.com everybody can can find you there 